Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. Was hard, but not anymore. Thanks to Wondersuite from Bluehost. Answer a few questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically create your website or store. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content, and we automatically help you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 304 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And it's me, Dustin, with Last Stand Media. Hello. I want to begin this whole show with applauding Dustin. I had this all planned oh. in my head. Dustin, you've had quite a week, my friend. I have. Sacred Symbols. You announced Dustin Wonderworld. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I, I, I'll be honest with you, bro. I have rewatched that at least three times. I thought that was one of the best content trailers I've seen. That was yeah. amazing. So just so for anyone who has no clue what Maddie's talking about, I uh, it's been a joke on my stream to play Balan Wonderworld for probably about three weeks now. I was like, one day I'm just going to stream that. I'm going to do it. And people have started asking for it. And so the plan was to do it, and then I just had this idea because there's that ridiculous song at the end of the game, which I watched on my stream, and everyone, we all think it's, like, hilarious, this, like, ending 100% song. I was like, so my, my wife, Holly, she's a classically trained vocalist, uh, like, has a degree. She's fantastic. And I was like, Holly, you got to do this for me. This would be great. And she, it's funny because we make a joke in the video, but she was all about it. She was into it. She was like, let's do it. So, uh, yeah, that's next Next Wednesday is the Balan Wonderworld stream. Very exciting. And I guess I I'm on Sacred Symbols now. I guess. I was going to say. That's the official thing. confirmation, man. You, congratulations. You Thank have, you. You have risen up the ladder it's indeed awesome. this last year or so. Thank and I'm you. very happy for you. Well deserved. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's weird. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know how you guys feel about doing... I mean, you guys have been doing content and have been at a pretty high level for a while. But do you ever still wake up and you're like, holy shit, this is I get to do this now. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my thing. And it's amazing. Like, I, yeah. it's never been lost on me yet. I mean, I've been frustrated, as, as you guys have, I'm sure, many times. But it's like, yeah. I'm just so thankful that this is what we get to do. And it's because of the people that listen to these shows. It is. And yeah, I'm 100% I'm, I'm on board with you. I, oftentimes, it's the reason I get out of bed. It's like, you know, this right. is this, you, you can't waste a blessing like this is how I think about it. So... Yeah, indeed. Thank you to all of you who listen to our show, um, whether it be Defining Duke, whether it be Ham Radio, our individual content streams, all that stuff. We are uh, one big happy family, and um, we just all want to lift one another up. So once again, congrats to Dustin, and go check out his streams and all that stuff, as well as Carrick. Carrick, what have you been up to, my friend? I know we just talked on Wednesday, but for those who don't listen to Defining Duke, want a little catch-up, not on the top of their burger, but just in general, uh, a little Carrick catch-up, what's going on? Oh. Oh, you don't like ketchup sounded... on your burger? No, I do, but carrot ketchup oh. is a whole other oh. mess of nasty. Sounds like a, a pus, maybe. Mm. It sounds like germalade, which is like, like marmalade like a, like a... and Jeremy, my first name, which also sounds Germ disgusting <laughs> beyond all. Yeah. Carinase <laughs> instead of Jer Jeremy and mayonnaise or carrot nase. It's, uh, that's just, it's, it's I think horrifying you're horrifying. If of. you did this as a oh, spinoff store? I'm, on Pornhub, maybe, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> uh biomutant and some other games um those reviews come out next next week for some of those mm -hmm. and then uh 
uh, international. And then, and then also we were talking prior to the podcast, but yeah, I, I have been doing a bunch of stuff on Patreon um, for patron only stuff. That's actually turned out to be like super popular. So that's, it's been I helpful see. because podcasts don't do anything on Spotify and iTunes. They get subscribers, but they don't, I don't, there's no ads. So mm-hmm. having patron and doing it and switching to patron should have probably done it a long time ago. I mean, obviously right. I should have done it. And so that's been very cool. I did uh, Resident Evil an hour and then Mass Effect two hours. Mass Effect one, a two hour review, which is pretty fun to do. Dude, no, they're not amazing. going on YouTube. I don't have video. Somebody asked me about that and I keep saying it. I'm like, I don't have video of this is just these are just pot- like Audio. I don't if yeah. I don't have video, that's where these will go. Like if I didn't have my recording system set up, that's how I'm yeah. going to do this. It's just amazing watching the communities build up, you know, because like for me, I always ran a relatively small Patreon, but this last really since 2.0, mm, but like yeah. a little bit before that, even it's been a steady build up, and it's really started to grow pretty strongly. And it's just like amazing to watch people within your own like discord make friends. And now it's gotten to the point where things have grown so much where I'll see like on the discord for my own servers, like a streaming icon and I'll see people sharing screens with one another. It's like, damn, this is awesome. So on my end, I'm doing the same thing as a uh, 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 reviewing bio Sorry, Dustin, you're about to say something. No, I just went, cause you said that there's people in your discord that are streaming games to each other. I just popped mm. in one of those the other day and I didn't realize that it was going to put me like, ding, Dustin's here. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, uh, Hey guys, I was just seeing what was going on. What's up? So, uh, no, that was, um, Paco Luigi and Felix. They were playing uh, oh, second yeah. extinction. And I was like, oh. I didn't, I didn't mean to make this weird, but what's up? <laughs> you know what would be really weird? If you're on your phone and you accidentally hit the uh, camera and you're in bed, like I've done a couple oh, yeah. times. Oh, in bed. And, and wanted to listen. I just wanted to listen. And, I, yeah. and like you have your camera the wrong way or the right way. And you're like, hey. And suddenly <laughs> it just turned into a, a completely different kind a of more stream. erotic situation than we had, uh, had expected yeah, in the Discord. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I say? Oh, yeah, I'm reviewing Biomutant. That'll be next week. Um, Dustin, I know you've got it. Carrick said he's reviewing it, so we'll have a more extensive conversation on that. Otherwise, next week is shaping up to be uh, a, a big 2.0 week, is what I'd like to call it. You know, I'm, I'm working on the next episode of RPG Time Machine. That will be next week. I am mm. going to record the next Humanity's Worst video games. It's going to be. Have you guys ever played Batman Dark Tomorrow? No, uh, I don't even oh. know. Oh, yeah, God I don't bless. even don't know even... if I know what that is. I almost want to oh, say, okay. don't even go out of your way to look. Stay away oh, from it. Yeah, it. Uh, if you look at the reviews, speak for themselves, of course, as per usual with this series. But if you look at just using the bat grapple in the game to get off the first building, I, I remember renting this as a kid, and it was torturous. I have not played it since, so that's going to be mm. the game we do for that. Uh, and then I'm working on the Dark Age of Bethesda because we passed a patron goal for that. And then I contacted Lockmort who did Dustin's great trailer. He does the uh, original edits for uh, Last Stand Media. And I was like, hey, man, are you interested in doing the Mass Effect Supercut? Because we also passed that Patreon goal. This all happened really quickly. And so he is going to be working on that for me, which I'm really excited to see him do because he does. He just has a very good comedic touch to his editing. He's the best. He really is. And so I was like, right when I saw Dustin's trailer, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just had this brain explosion. I was like, he, I'm going to see if I can pay him to do this. And so he was very excited about it. And uh, that made me happy. Uh, so he's working on that. So next week, I'm trying to get all of that out. But, of course, with news and stuff, some stuff may be sifted around because that's the priority. Um, 
Otherwise, I have a wedding next week. And dude, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Weddings are fun, but it falls on a Friday, and so we're we're leading into this is my last Friday where we have some type of at least on my end scheduling conflict where it's like okay. I'm a free man after this, and I'm so excited for it because I feel bad for the listeners of this show. So we'll f- we'll figure it out off air what we're gonna do, if anything, about that. Because um, I don't want I feel bad when I leave it in, in your guys' hands. Um, so with that, that's all I'm up to. That's all you guys are up to. Check out all of our stuff and the links in the description down below. And what we're playing. Who would like to go first? I can go. Um... Well, what can we talk about? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's always tough when you're reviewing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't think we can say almost anything. So, I saw some streams up today, but I wasn't in a part, or I, at least I didn't work out anything special uh, for coverage of Biomutant. So, I don't think I can even talk about it. And you know, I didn't look too close at it, other than the date. Um, then is gone. I did play a little bit more of, and then Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've returned back to that to play some more of that, which has been a fun. It's been fun to sort of. What do you think Peter around in those on games? PC? I didn't. I didn't take a minute to Dude, watch it. I, I apologize. So I want to know I, how no, you're right. feeling about it. I enjoy it way more on the PC, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't get to do the PS5 60 FPS, which I heard was solid. Um, well, I did do that a little bit to test it, but I didn't get to play it, play it, like full play it. But mm-hmm. my PC and I guess a couple other, including, I could be wrong, it was either DF or uh, Digital Foundry or some other company, had the same thing I had, which was a, a horrendous micro stutter. It would just pop up at the most inopportune fucking times, like during an animation or what. It just it would make everything look like shit, and it popped up a lot, like not a small amount. And I and it popped up on three machines that I have, all three. So at that point, I was just like, "Eh, it's probably wait for one patch." It's very close to being like it was fun. Like I had some fun times. It's never going. It is the toaster, like I told you, the toaster of games. It does. It is average, but. (laughs) If you want to sit back and just have a good time driving around, there's there is some stuff to be said. Um, but unfortunately, I just ran into enough issues that uh, and and you know we didn't add it as a note as a topic, but I did see the, the back and forth again from Sam Whitweir, the voice actor, oh, and yes, I did, and see that. Jason Schreier, and 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 I actually completely agree with both. I think both sides actually have completely valid points on that entire situation. But uh, Sam takes shit serious, you know. Like he took Deacon serious. You can tell. It's just he was written. I think I'm he was sorry. the best part of the game. Like was, but I, I like written Deacon. poorly. That's the yeah. thing. I like him in that game, as in he he did well. But that's not on Sam. I don't think mm-hmm. Sam's delivery was bad. I just think the writing wasn't the greatest, and so he never excels. You never go like, oh, I like Deacon, you know, mm-hmm. which is too bad. Um, but. But I think Sam just feels smashed, man. Like you can tell. It's like I've I've seen him. I follow him D and D. He does some streams. He it seem he streams on Twitch occasionally. He's just a guy who you know puts his heart into things. And to so to see him react, I was like, oh, this is gonna go bad because I saw his tweet and I'm like, we're screwed. And it it went exactly where I expected it to go, which is unfortunate. Yeah. What did Jason say? 
was it, you said there was a back and forth between them? Well, yeah. So, so he, so basically it started out with Sam saying, Hey, listen, man, and this review, some people reviewed this game and didn't like it. Um, and some of these are obviously rushed or they didn't play at all because they didn't even mention the squads at all. The, or, I'm sorry, the hordes at all. So, and, and then Jason said, Oh, throwing people under the bus, viewers under the bus, just cause they didn't like anything, blah, blah, blah. And and then Co Carnage came in and said, or Co, sorry, what's his name? Is that Co? Is that the tweet Twitter? I follow him and I don't even know. Is it Co Carnage? Co Carnage, streamer. Yeah. Okay, it is Carnage. For some reason, it didn't sound right. He stated, "Well, doesn't that make sense? A reviewer should mention." And then Jason's like, "No, it's artistic, and you shouldn't care about, you know, whatever." So it went back and forth. So I, of course, dropped in and I'm like, "No, it absolutely matters because to me, um, Sony and Bend themselves pushed the horde mechanic." So if you're going to say the game didn't work or did work, you do need to mention the horde mechanic. It is a major part of the game. Like if you missed it, that is on you. And I've missed things. So like, oh man, I missed a major part of the game. That is a major part of the game. Completely for sure missed. But Sam was also in the wrong by saying like, because you don't know about rushing. You don't know. The thing is, sometimes you do a bad review. You you dislike the game, and you have valid reasons, but if you have 50 valid reasons, you may not get to the... You may forget and not get to the big one, and that's mm-hmm. what that review seemed to do, was the person didn't love it. They didn't hate it, they just didn't love it, and uh, they forgot they forgot to mention hordes. And I can see it. Uh, dude, I know what I would... I know exactly what would happen if that happened to me. If I did that review, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. I'd probably put a post into the top comment at minimum, if not in the description, if not do a, a whole new video. And so I get everybody's side, but it, it just got dirty. You know, it got yeah. into that. Oh, everybody wasn't playing it. And this game is great. It was a little bit like Troy Baker who gets really touchy. Um, there's a little bit too much thespianism, everything, you know, where everybody's like, that's a word, pip, pip. you know, well, I made it up, but thespians, you know, they get into that like artistic thing and they get mm, they little okay. hard on their sleeve. And um, and I I I think Sam's awesome. I just think game didn't work out. Yeah, I'd like to see him try a sequel personally, but I would I, have no issues with it at all. Yeah, I'm one of the rare few. It seems like where I wouldn't care if they didn't though. If they did something new, right? You know, I think it it's earned its chance at a sequel. But if they don't do it, I'm gonna be like, all right, whatever. I didn't think it was that great, so sure, try something new. Dustin, what have you been playing, my friend? I'm still working at Returnal, and as I play it, uh, the things I like about it, I like more. The things I don't like, I don't like even more. Mm, like this is interesting, okay. Well, it's just because of the further you get in the game, the yeah. further the frustration of the RNG, which is something Carrick talked about extensively, which at the time Carrick was able to talk about more extensively because he had more access to the game and now now that i've put a lot more hours i can say yes that is a hundred percent uh the case and feel it yeah and this game too like dude there's so many little things that just like really bother me like so there's quite a few weapons that i just simply do not like like i don't like Mm. the shotgun i know that some people do (laughs) and find it effective i don't get that because there are so many instances where there are enemies that are high and far away from you, and a shotgun is just ineffective, which I've seen people oh. say, well, you just got to get close, jump, and get close. It's like, no, I can't. They're too high, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
you start to unlock more weapons as you play, and I've found that the weapons I unlock, I don't like. But here's the problem. Once they're unlocked, they're part of the pool. So now every time I pick up a weapon, I'm less likely to get one of the weapons I like because they, I keep getting added weapons I don't like. There's one, I think it's called like the Lobber, uh, which just is more, it's kind of like the rocket launcher, but it has like an arc to it. I don't remember exactly what it's called. And people, the rocket launcher, it's so funny. Every time I pick it up, I drop it on my Twitch streams. And people are like, well, the, the rocket launcher is actually really good on Biome 5 when you have rapid fire. I'm like, I don't care if it's good later. Every time I pick it up now, it sucks for me and my play style. So yeah. I'm getting, I, I don't, like, I'm on by, I'm at, I've gotten to almost the end of the boss of Biome 3. Um, and it's just, I don't, I'm feeling increasingly frustrated every time I play it. Hmm. But I'm also like, man, this combat is really good. I'm really getting a feel for it. Um, but, man, the RNG. Carrick, I'm glad that you agree with me on RNG because in other instances people are like, well, just because you're not very good at the game. Well, it's just, it's just because uh, you need to get better at it. Like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> Dude, I track it mathematically. Like, I actually have talked to devs who've helped me figure out how to track uh, RNG curves. At what It is way too wide and way too deep. And I got to tell you, the negatives in the loot boxes is just weird. It's just yeah. weird. It just feels weird. It's like, and I, it, it's its own thing, but you don't have to like it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you can say you don't, you can review it and say you don't. And I think, it, I think it's valid either way, but well, rough and I sometimes. Think- the the frustrating thing for me is that I want to like this game. I there are, there's a lot of the time that I I love playing this game and I think it is fantastic. House Mark they've got uh is the right word game feel like the feeling of your hands a controller inputting into what you see on screen is very good. I love it, but everything else is causing me to not like this game. So I'm I think I'm just gonna keep. I'm eventually just going to reach a breaking point where I'm like, fuck it. And then just like delete right. it off my system. <laughs> but I don't know. So I'm playing that. I'm still playing Resident Evil 8. And uh, let me tell you, boys. Are you, is, have either one of you played this game? Carrick, uh, I think yeah. you have. Yeah, I played it and beat About it. Yeah. Five hours in. Okay. No spoilers. Don't worry, everybody. No spoilers. I'll be extremely vague. Act 1 is what you see in the trailers right with the castle i'm on act two very very creepy and scary and different than act one and man uh i really feel like act two people so the the developers said oh we're making this game less scary than resident evil 7 because we heard the feedback and reviewers said this game was less scary that may be true overall. I don't know since I haven't played the whole game. Let me tell you this. Act 2 is scarier to me than anything in Resident Evil 7. Period. I'm I don't know if it's because... I'm just about to leave the castle too, so now I know what's waiting for me on the other end. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's because I have a thing where I, like... I, I don't know. Maybe I can just say Dustin's afraid of the dark, maybe, but, like... A lot of this part, what makes it scary is what's happening. A lot of it is in a lot of darkness, so you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe I'm kind of afraid of the dark in real life, too. I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm laying in bed at like, like oh, no, but like, I don't know. It's uh, 
Well, no, I mean, like, let's let's break it down a little bit here. Like, is it? Are you like one of those people who I do this at, at times, especially when I was younger? I, you know, I'll be in my basement, I'll shut off the light, and I will get up the flight of stairs as quickly as I possibly yes. can. Okay, cool. Yes. Then, oh, every, every time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, same thing. Like, even if I'm at a buddy's house, that's even worse. <laughs> it's like you know, I'm I'm fucking back up those stairs in a heartbeat. They're like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, small house. Here- I'll uh I'll play games so I'm I'm literally sitting right here when I play games. Uh, not sometimes I play downstairs, sometimes upstairs. But there's this door behind me, and so at one in the morning, something about this door freaks me out. Like, like I feel like I gotta have one headphone off, just because it's like I don't have awareness of the exit because I'm facing the other direction. Oh, it's, it's completely uh. irrational. <laughs> at one in the morning. Holly's in bed. You know, she's she's not getting up. She never, almost ever gets out of bed. Right. And then the doors are locked. So I have no reason to be fearful of the, the door behind me. But there's something about it. Every, like, being, especially I, with headphones on, I think that's it, actually. The inability to hear mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. maybe, is I it. I get that. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I know what's waiting for me. That's going to be fun. <laughs> oh. It's coming, Maddie. I, I was thinking know, about though. streaming it, though. That's the thing. I was like, oh, when I pick it back up, I'll stream the rest of it. I don't know if that's a good idea now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is. I mean, some people don't seem to be as freaked out by this part as as I am. But I'm I've heard... easily scared. So. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're fucked. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It'll be great. Maybe you okay, should stream I mean... it. Sometimes that's the best yeah. content, Maddie. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, like, I will... Oh, I'm trying to think of an example. For I bet so if somebody seven. pays a dollar to your tip jar, it screams really loud. Think a sound sample, and so that way oh, somebody no. can scare you whenever you're playing. They can <laughs> they can deposit a dollar, and if you're like, get a scream that's like freaky, like the uh, di- I screams. am legend, <laughs> the I am legend like zombie scream or something like that, or out of the blue, and or then let like them the, play uh... it. What's that? What's that crime show like CSI Miami or whatever? Where it's like that, like wow, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, dude, yeah, that's up. the starting <laughs> of the song. Yeah, dude, yeah. one of my favorite, just stupid, like easy shows instead of, to watch. Instead of an actual, yeah. like, terrifying he his, he's that. like, now Maddie's dead. <laughs> and just <laughs> jumps into that. That would be awesome each time. So each time somebody pays a buck, that just hammers the shit out of you. See if they can, if scare you, dude, you'd be a millionaire. Well, it's funny you bring that up, not the millionaire part, but just I'm like bringing it up because jar. you, yeah, yeah. So what I've been playing this week mostly is Mass Effect Legendary Edition, as I imagine most of it expected. Of course, I've been balancing that with Bio Mutant and uh, Jade Empire, but um, mm. Jade Empire I'll talk about in a little bit. But with um, with Mass Effect, what's happened is my my chat has sort of warmed up to this very peculiar idea that certainly I will not complain about. But what happens is people are now making bets on my choices in in Mass Effect. So I've streamed every part, and what's going to happen? For th- I get this so many times. Like, Maddie, are you going to archive them on your channel? The answer is no. I don't archive my streams on my channel because what happens is it'll fuck up the the actual performance of your channel if you you leave your time. your 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 streams listed alongside your content. So you have to unlist them, or else it literally will like has been proven screwed up. Um, and I don't do that to withhold anything. It's just like I put them on my community page eventually in parts of three, in chunks of three parts rather. Uh, but anyway, this will be chopped up into a supercut. So what's happening is 
I will just say without spoiling it, the choice on Vermeyer that you make between two of your companions was the subject of a lot of betting. So there was a save X fund and a save Y fund. And what happened was just one of my mods is a joke, like how much do I have to pay for you to save this character you don't like? I'm like, all right. Um, I said, you, it would have to be a lie. Cause I'm saying sarcastically. Cause I'm just like, you know, don't pay me for a choice in a game. Like, you know, but I, I, I'm just going to do my thing. And so people start donating and going back and forth on it. And, and, and by the time I got to the choice, one fund was higher than the other. So I, I built up the suspense. I did a coin flip and everything. Like I was going to go renegade and not do the choice that was, that was paid for. And then I went with it. Cause I'm, you know, I did a sellout stream at that point. Um, and it just made it all like, it was just, it's been such a fun time because it's been such an interactive chat every single time. Like we're usually sitting there with about 500 people per, um, per, per stream. And, um, they're all just like active and engaged. That's the more important part. Like, even if it was like 300, we've had streams of like 300 people and just as long as people are engaged, that's all I care about. And that's what's been happening. It's just very interactive, like not too much backseating, just people talking to one another it was uh it's been really fun so that's been most of my game time we're we're almost done with mass effect one on insanity and then um outside of that yeah like i said i've been playing jade empire and i am about three hours into that now um and it's it's such an interesting game Carrick. i know you've played this and i know you love this one i'm sort of feeling it out because i've sort of accidentally kind of like dustin incidentally went through all the the souls games all the FromSoft games i found myself in since really june of last year with my trip back to inquisition incidentally replaying all of these bioware games it's just like my content's leading me there i have a desire to play them and what i'm learning is jade empire is how do i word this i it is I, I want to get to the end again. This will be this will be like my third time playing it or second time. I can't remember. But I haven't played it as much as the other Bioware games. And I don't have as much of a love for it. It is still an amazing underrated RPG. It's like that situation where you have all these amazing games. Like if we want to put them in a bin right now, I'm thinking Origins, Mass Effect 1, KOTOR, and Jade Empire. And Jade Empire is the one I love the least, right? I still love it, but it's the least loved. It's like the... The, the adopted child of my family at this point in time, uh, my Bioware family. And um, I want to know, I, I know you love it more than me, I would say, based off of that. Um, and so for me, it's I think it's really just been that this was at a point where Bioware was trying to move more into the action and away from heavy choice. Um, and the, the beginning is... It's really a weird game where the middle part is really strong, but the beginning is very, like the town, the way it's laid out. I found it very odd. Um, it didn't make sense why certain things were happening, but no one knew. Um, I want to pick your brain a little bit as someone who, who does like the game. Is this one that uh, is at the top of the Bioware totem for you? No. Oh, it's not. Sorry. I, I, I would say I'm probably, no, I would say above Dragon Age for sure. But that's okay. I, w- I would just say all, all of ours match up until you get to Dragon Age and Jade Empire. I would just reverse them. I like mm. Dragon Age or I like Jade Empire a little bit better. But Jade Empire had like the mini games between loading where it's like a shooter, like top down, which was yeah, goofy. And then um, 
I didn't mind the starting just because I've done once you've done Tarsus one time or whatever it's called in Kotor one, play the shitty starting of any game. That's just like two fucking figure eights yeah. that all look the same. So the, I've never really felt Bioware has super strong startings other than Mass Effect, actually. And I thought Mass Effect gets weak for a second when you do go back to the Citadel and yeah. walk around and have to. And luckily, they were smart and they cut it fairly short with like discuss some things with Udina, some things with Commander Anderson. You do one or two things and then boom, you're gone. But they, I don't, I think. I just haven't been a fan of Bioware starting stuff until way back in the day, like Icewind Dale. Mm. I think when once they got Kotor, two was Obsidian, and I actually think it was a stronger starting than Kotor. I, yeah, I think Kotor two was like is, boom. A lot of people don't agree with that. What's I think that's strange because I thought Paragus does more for the whole game than as an intro than than any of Bioware's starting. I, I don't see, know if funny. it does more. It just it's it's more. There's more going on. That's yeah. what, I mean, it, it it feels more engaged. Jade Empire is like you have a battle. Also, their controller wasn't, the, you know, they didn't they didn't know how to do battle as much. I love martial arts. So the idea of like having a real flamey hand was sort of funny, like or or whatever they call them. They have the weird names. But yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I, I don't yeah. see anything different with what you're saying. I think it makes sense. I think the Sorry, middle I was, is amazing. I was under the interpretation. Maybe I, I, I misremembered. I thought you really like had it up there next to KOTOR, but. I apologize. Well, I I actually like remember that we just played Mass Effect, so that moves things too. That's and um, yeah. I I would stuff. say that, yeah, I would say that, and not only that, but like getting to revisit it and go, was it that bad? But I would say Mass Effect and Kotor are pretty high. And then, I mean, the, the thing is, is again, I this is why I don't do lists because like I just don't change. Well, not only that, but I just don't track them that way. I would just say Bioware's got some fucking awesome games, and I would mm. never be mad at playing any of them. Where, so to me, that's my list. Is like, in fact, I, I would do companies. Which companies could I play all their games, and would not be mad? Bioware would be number one. You know what I mean? And then like Obsidian yeah. would be number two. That's my list, sort of. If that makes sense. Um, no, I totally get what you're saying, and I think yeah. I categorize it the same way in my head but you just put it beautifully in words. I um, did like, what's his name? Nathan Fillion in there. I don't know if you knew that was him, but no, I do I like that he's in Jade Empire. Yeah, he's in. He's uh, Gal the Lesser in Jade Empire. So the guy from Fi Firefly, the guy from yeah. POS, big time oh, yeah. POS. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. I feel like Jade Empire has a very interesting antagonist as you as you get deeper into it. And I think that's kind of what the experience is built on as it evolves. You, yeah. you attach yourself to it more. Um, For sure. Still, I'm, I'm going to have more to say on that in a RPG time machine episode. And so I'm going to, now that I've finished Biomutant, I'm going to really sink my teeth into, uh, into that along with Mass mm. Effect and hopefully wrap up Village within the next week or so. With that, gentlemen, we have a couple of bits of news. This was a Dustin put it beautifully when we were off the air, just a kind of pre E3 news drought where things are going to be a little slow. We'll do a prediction show leading up into E3, of course. So, yeah, we were looking at all this news and we decided these two bits stuck out the most. So the first one that I really wanted to dive into to sort of headline our show was what's going on with Ubisoft right now. Um, because it's slowly getting more and more attention. And I think the timing for this is quite interesting. So I guessed it on a show, the As Always podcast, um, and I was on there. And these guys are pretty critical of Ubisoft, which is interesting because it's a contrast to 
the circle I'm in and the discussions we have about Ubisoft as creators and the games they make and sort of where they're trending, uh, where they're more fans of the older style Assassin's Creed <clears throat> games and they talk about their design and, and, and where the series has gone and how it's transformed. It was just kind of eye-opening to get this perspective and tap into a community that's, that feels this way collectively um, and agrees with these critiques. And so having that perspective in tow uh, was, was a nice segue, if you will, into uh, a, another lack thereof of transformation for Ubisoft, um, where last summer Jason Schreier had broken a story talking about how there was just really poor work conditions at Ubisoft, like a lot of harassment occurring internally, and how Ubisoft had come out and they were like, we're going to change, we're going to fix things, shift things around. And now what's happening is a new report in a French magazine has stated that Ubisoft hasn't changed since its sexual assault and harassment reckoning last year. Um, And what's happened now is a a hashtag called Hold Ubisoft Accountable has started trending because... One thing that the reason I bring up that whole podcast is one thing we we tapped into in our conversation was sort of this way Ubisoft has been treated. And I, I even admitted on the show, I was like, I'm guilty of it too. You know, you kind of like you talk about free passes and stuff um, or bumps for companies like there's a Sony bump, there's a Nintendo bump, but Ubisoft gets the pass sometimes. Um, and I think it's because of the way they engage with their creators. They're me and Carrick have said it a number of times, and I'll say it again, like they're really good getting review copies. They're, they're super uh, helpful with, with previews. Um, they're they They quickly answer almost every single email I've ever sent. So I think this has sort of created this mindset in the industry that all is well in Ubisoft. And quite frankly, that does not seem to be the case. And I thought it was very important that while we're here and we're, we've, we've sort of sung the praises of our interactions with them, we need to talk about this and, and, and bring more attention to overall situation. That's not changed that they promised would change. Um, so I got this article here from Vice that I'm going to sift through, and then I want to see what both you gentlemen think about everything that's going on. So early last year, allegations of physical and sexual harassment rocked Ubisoft and forced the company to face harsh, face harsh truths about its culture and toxic leadership. According to a May 5th report in the French magazine Le Telegram, the company hasn't made much progress. Now fans are taking social media uh, to social media to demand that the company be held accountable. Last year's allegations against Ubisoft weren't limited to one person or department. According to reports and in interviews with current and former employees, Ubisoft was a toxic workplace where managers demeaned women and sometimes physically abused employees. Then Vice President Maxime Belland resigned from the company after allegations that he had choked a female employee at a launch party for Far Cry 4. According to the report of Le Telegram, HR Director Cecile Cornet had stepped down in July of 2020, but didn't leave the company until recently. Cornet, sorry if I'm saying their name wrong, was replaced by Anika Grant, a three-year veteran of Uber. One employee told Lay Telegram that many of the HR personnel who oversaw Ubisoft's toxic workplace remain in their positions and that they don't expect anything to come out of these appointments. Another source in Canada told Lay Telegram that, quote, nothing has changed, end quote, in Ubisoft's Canada office since Christopher Derenis took over for Yanis Mallet. Mallet faced multiple se- uh, allegations of sexual misconduct. Derenis is the cousin of Ubisoft's CEO, Yves Guillemont. Fans are disappointed and angry. Ubisoft is a huge company that produces, as we all know, multiple big-budget video games like Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, and Far Cry. Calls for action against the company have gotten Hold Ubisoft Accountable trending on Twitter. YouTuber Lasers, who was one of the hosts for this show I was on, uh, released a video covering the topic and calling for a boycott, which has done extremely well, by the way. Please do check it out. And so 
over several over a period of several months, Ubisoft has implemented major changes across its organization's um, internal processes and procedures in order to guarantee a safe, inclusive, and respectful working environment for all team members. Uh, Ubisoft told Waypoint in an email, um, which is quite interesting indeed. Um, Ubisoft's email contained a detailed list of steps it had taken to improve its workplace, including anonymous reporting tools, a revamped training process, and investigations into misconduct by uh, external investigators. These concrete actions demonstrate the profound changes that have taken place at every level of the company, Ubisoft said. Additional initiatives are underway and being rolled out over the coming months. We are committed to strengthening our culture and values in the long term to help ensure every team member at Ubisoft is heard and respected and valued in the workplace. So that's their response to everything that's happening. Um, really a, a lot to take in. Uh, what do you what do you both think about what's going on all over at Ubisoft? Because I definitely have some thoughts, but I've certainly read for long enough. So what, what do you gents think? People were fired and somebody else says no changes happened. I have no clue what's going on. Obviously, changes did happen. The people I've talked to said that those HR thing because I saw some weird video yesterday that was like about microtransactions and all this, and then at the very end was just a little snippet about the well, mistreatment of people, which is unfortunate because that should be the major thing. Like the microtransactions thing, it was a very odd video. I couldn't really parse it. It was like it seemed like it was like let's just grab ten things and put them in one video. I don't know if that's the video you're talking about, but it unfortunately didn't throw the best focus on the actual issue to me, which is you can't choke employees. What the fuck are you doing? Like shit. Of course, like all that shit should stop. But when I hear and you see that people are leaving and people are moving around and all this, and then another group says nothing's happened at that point, I have to wash my hands of it because I don't know. I just don't mm -hmm. know. And this is one of the things I said on Wednesday where it's like some stuff I'm just going to start saying, I don't know because I sound like a jackass. I mean, I can guess. Yeah, why? Why? And I'm certainly mm -hmm. not going to feel like a jackass saying you can't fucking touch your employees. That's wrong. That's right. Legitimately, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? But at this point, when you have one group saying they did stuff and people I've talked to saying some things do remain poor, by the way, and then some things have been changed, and then you have another group saying nothing's changed, but they're on the outside, I have no clue. Like, I legitimately do not know. And that's why sometimes. Yeah, like I said, like I was saying, I, I, I actually did some stuff on a podcast a couple days ago where I stated, I'm like, on stuff where it's just me blathering, I'll blather, but these are pretty big issues. Yeah. And I don't know if adding my voice to the blather is helping other than me saying, you fucks if you touch an employee. Be kicked into the river. Like, I think we can all agree. Or and sexual harassment, all the harassments, that, that shit just needs to go. Ubisoft's definitely bad at it. We've heard multiple stories. I mean, it's obvious. But yeah, obviously I, we can write you like you said, there, there's so many uh con conflicting reports um that you know, right, you don't want to end up sounding like an idiot and throwing something out there. Um so of course we can always turn this into conversation on because I think it's pretty apparent and, and I'll say it just to make it clear, like we, we clearly don't support what's going on internally. I would say we all call for some type of change uh, due to all the allegations, the harassment that's occurring. And that's why we're talking about it. But 
um, for the sake of the conversation where I think we could speak from a more educated area, do you think Ubisoft has sort of been lacking that accountability um, from the, uh, the the creator side of things, the press side of things? Because I do think um, there's, a, there's a, a potential conversation to be had there where we talk about EA Activision, for example, with this is separate from the workplace issues. Um, but we, we talk about them when it comes to aggressive microtransactions. We've talked about CD Projekt Red with bad workplace conditions, right? Like these are things that have come up pretty frequently for specific companies, almost like a brand thing uh, where Ubisoft sort of has slid under the radar, I feel. I do not um, agree. Interesting. Every review I've ever done, I've hammered the fuck out of micros for them. And I see the videos about micros everywhere. Reddit, YouTube, everywhere. If somebody is saying that that Ubisoft does not get called to the carpet, they are not using the internet correctly. If they want to hold an arbitrary number of videos and compare it against another arbitrary number of videos, Activision, 300 videos, Ubisoft, 180, that's fine. But there needs to be some numbering. Because right now, it's it's like somebody saying, I need you to beat up this person worse than you beat them up. The, their microtransactions suck. Every person I talk to always mentions their microtransactions. Additionally, I've heard people say, oh, people, creators need to hold them accountable on not only a microtransaction, but like sexual harassment. For sure. If they knew I had no, I have no idea until somebody else says it. And then you're like, that sucks. They should fix it. Some of us have no clue what's going on. And I admit it's better for a podcast, not ours, because we have a thousand things we can talk about. It's better for a podcast out there to be like, blah, blah, and talk more in it, but I don't, I, I don't know, guys. Like, at this point, I'm just like, fix your shit, and this Ubisoft not being mentioned, dude, I get tired of them consistently being hammered. So, I think mm. it's just different groups of the internet. Right? Discord is filled with people who are like, I will never buy a Ubisoft game, blah, blah, blah. Ever. In fact, just yesterday in the Last Man... Last Man Standing, sorry. Uh, <laughs> last Stand Media people were bitching about uh, microtransactions so it's like who's this what do they want who wants it see i wonder if we're just encountering different things the reason i say this is i typically see on my end it's a i have an issue with their world design right it's not even the microtransactions it's really the 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 either bloated nature of some of their games or the repetitive uh design of it where you know it's kind of the checklist open world uh, tackling that we've seen time and time out from them. That's typically what I see. And I was really, I, I knew the time savers was a, a, a big conversation with origins. That's huge. when they really first introduced it. But from there it's, it seemed to almost be this quietly accepted, like, yeah, it's here. It's disabled during reviews. That's what I've encountered. Um, and so it that's why to me, it was interesting to see this community um, that, that, that does kind of, not like it's their brand, but they have, they are like Ubisoft fans who have like pushed back on a lot of fronts that uh, on areas that I was not super aware of. So to me, it was like more like you're saying you've seen it. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of it. You know, I'm friends with like your Raptor, for example, he's like a Ubisoft YouTuber. So I'll see his videos on my feed. Just like, here's a new Valhalla weapon. Here's this thing you can check out. You can do this in this Ubisoft game. I'll see like a ton of Ubisoft creators just, pumping out videos of, of all the intermittent updates. They're right, doing. But it is our request that he has to do it. I just find that ridiculous. Like, are, am I going to sit here and be like, 
Jor, whatever his name is, you are not allowed to talk about weapons anymore. You oh, no, no, from no, no, now no, on no, once want, a week. It didn't you come have across to that bitch. way. Did come across yeah. that way? No, no. I don't Yeah, that's exactly what you said. <laughs> no. The thing is, no. is when you when you go into a group and their focus is negative towards Ubisoft, which is what you said, they're more critical, then you that group will notice those things. And they mm. will wonder why other people are not critical, not realizing one, maybe they don't know or number two, maybe they were critical at one point and they're like, Do we want to do another video about it? I don't know. And this is so weird. It, to me, this is an alien topic because it doesn't make... I can use Google and look right now at 1,000 videos negative towards Ubisoft. What? Well, Who's I want to clarify because I don't think I said that, but I definitely am not saying, like, for example, Ubisoft creators who are uh, talking... Let's say they're making those Valhalla videos. I don't think it's negative to, for example, be like, oh, let's talk about this issue happening with this company. Like, that's, I think, a general expectation if you're in their ecosystem. The reason I say that is because... For me, with Bethesda, if something happens with with something re revolving around them, there's that anticipation. You talk about it, you know, like you don't just get to. I feel you don't you don't really just pick and choose and dip in and out when you when you feel like it. I do think that's the part of the idea of the accountability is you you you. We don't just oh, like for example, this is an ugly situation, right? So like it's obviously not like a clear cut uh, talk that you can really have on it. But and by the way, once again, I I want to specify I'm not talking about your raptor. I'm just saying generally speaking that I do think the conversation just should be had because that's how you bring attention to it. I don't think that's like a very social justice approach or anything. It's just like, hey, this is really shitty. And I feel like Ubisoft's def definitely getting away a little bit more clean than, than we've seen. If this was EA, I do think there is that general eruption. Maybe it doesn't have to be on the level of EA eruption. No, I don't think it needs to be. But there is a, a, a clear, in my perspective, a clear difference in treatment. I think it's, it's pretty apparent. Um, the the level of itching to jump on something because I think it's safer. I think it's safer to jump on EA because if it, it's how, number one, it's like a, a lot of the fear of creators is like I don't want to be wrong here. It's like how often are you wrong about EA doing something scumbag uh, level or something on a level of a scumbag? Whereas Ubisoft, I feel like they have this rep, this brand where it's like they're not like that. So I think people are less apt to dive on them because there's more that are protective of them. That's just kind of the reality of their community, and that's. Outside of the interaction I had just a couple of weeks ago, it's like, that's just how it's been. I feel like there are the occasional call-outs of, of microtransactions really mostly with Origins. But I feel like since then, it's, it's sort of become this accepted, like, I am guilty of it. Like, I like Valhalla a lot. I called it one of the best AC games. I, I think it's a great game. But I also just naturally accepted, like, hey, uh, the, the work conditions aside, like, I just accepted, like, with the microtransaction side of things, this is a part of it. Yeah, this, there they are. And you just, you just ignore them. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. Dustin, I wanted to throw it to you just real quickly because I know Carrick and I have had a bit of back and forth. If you had any thoughts, if you wanted to share some of them here, or if you disagree with what I said or what Carrick said, like where do you maybe sit on things? Yeah. So, I mean, this is so complicated. I think that the main thing I want to say is that I, I'm with Carrick in that it's I feel like it's partially wrong. Not that, I don't know, maybe not wrong. Wrong's not the right word. I personally feel like it's a little inappropriate for me to make a stance when you have two sides saying opposite things. Like like Carrick was saying, we who knows what's happening at this point. I'm not I'm not saying that someone's not worth being listened to, but it's hard to cast judgment when things are everyone's saying different things at the same time. I will say, I don't know. I'm, I've been thinking about this for the last like. 
well, the whole time you guys are talking whether this is what I want to say, but mm. I'm going to go with it because it's what my gut says. Okay. We got to be careful when content creators. Hold on. I think that if you have a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you feel strongly a certain way um, about something, then I think that you should probably go with that. You should be true to yourself. But that being said, you have to be careful as a content creator when you start uh, wading in these waters of saying like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to be very, I'm going to no longer buy these products or critique them or make them part of my content because of X, Y, Z. Um, just because you're starting to, you know, there's a lot of problems with a lot of companies that mm-hmm. we can discuss and we can actively name. I mean, I know this was a big conversation on Sacred Symbols this past week, but like there's something to be said about Tencent involvement and then being heavily attached to the CCP, which has concentration camps. Like, do we want to bring that up too? Like, and I'm the thing is that when when Colin brought that up, there's a lot of like, well, that's the what aboutism that it's like you can always say, well, what about this that's worse? And that's I, the the point is when you when we start to get into that, then I think that those parallels are willing are are on the table at that time. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that people should feel free to voice their opinion and do what they want with their with their their content. Most of all, that's the libertarian Dustin coming out. It's like <laughs> do what you want to do, but right. I'm just saying you got to be careful at this, especially in a situation like this when there are so many conflicting things going on, you know? And so I hope that makes some sense. No, I thought that was well said. If it, if it helps you feel better about what you said, I think that was really well said. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I would not say in my position, I would not say like, oh, I'm abandoning all Ubisoft coverage because it's the same thing with sure. CD Projekt Red. Like when they when they were pretty much being forced to like sleep in the studio as it was reported and whatnot. It's like I'm not going to stop talking about CD Projekt Red because number one, there are still passionate people that work on games and make good stuff. Like that's my stance. Like I'm still going to talk about your games. I still would like to review your games. But you know, when there's a workplace issue, it's like to me, kind of like tailing off what Dustin said. It's like you do walk that line a little bit of like, well, now is the expectation of something happens over here and over here and over here. We're going to talk about each and every single one of those. Um, I just feel like this is an instance where my personal belief, and I think it's great. We have care. We all have different points of views. Carrick will disagree. I felt like, Hey, I, I do get the notion that they do sort of breeze under the radar a little bit more compared to others um, where there's a conversation to be had there. Um, but I think Dustin, you, you put it very well there. Um that's, Sorry, there's just the one the one thing that I want to say, and I'm curious what you guys think about this, is that content creators and critics have to toe a very fine line of being in and outside of the industry at the same time, right? Like mm, it's a careful dance, yes. So that's where you know when when these things start to happen, it's like I don't know. Do I don't know the answer to this? Do critics and content creators? get involved in these types of things? That's a great question. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that content creators are like, oh, shit's going down, look the other way. I'm not saying that, but 
I don't know. That's why I, when I'm when I'm saying I don't know, I literally mean I don't know. Like I, I this think is that they do if they want to, and that's fine. What I do not like, and what I will never accept, is that this bullshit attitude of people saying you need to toe my line. No, right. I'll toe the line yeah. of the truth that I know and what I've been able to find. And I'm talking about me personally, numerically. Mm-hmm. Doing a quick SEO search, ten thousand. More than 10,000 articles or videos about Ubisoft microtransactions. 10,000. Mm-hmm. More than 10,000 for EA. Where? What are we doing? Are we comparing Ubisoft to EA and Activision? Then, yes, it will be less because that's two companies. And at some point, I just am not seeing these kind of issues that supposedly this group is seeing where they're like, oh, man, this is this is a complete one-sided or even slightly one-sided I'm seeing it all the time. In fact, just going back and looking at my notes, there's multiple people who mentioned day one Odyssey had what they felt was fucked up microtransactions due to the grind. Even though, by the way, strangely enough, I didn't have those issues. Multiple people said that they had issues with it and they felt that the XP purchase was required for that game, which, by the way, Ubisoft then removed, then added back, which I tweeted about. At some point, only what you can do and only what you can track as well. Mm-hmm. And this weird thing where it's like i wouldn't even be able to tell you if one is accepted or one is talked about more because that's pretty egotistical for me to pretend like i know i have no fucking clue if they are everybody should be held accountable fuck just ubisoft by the way like i almost like i get that great it's it's trending should have trended a long fucking time ago for all companies all of them and i don't know about the what about isms that happen on sacred symbols or whatever but um personally i think that cotton cover as much as you can and you have your particular thing you want to cover if you're a build person by the way because we uh, i we all know like fighting cowboy is a build person if fighting cowboy suddenly posted about some internal working at a company I would want to make sure he was right and that he even knew what he was talking about I just what I what bothers me more is facts aren't actually known and people are talking about them as if they're facts. And that does bother me because then I think things real issues get clouded. Same thing with misuse of words in languages where I feel like, you know, if you cry wolf too many times, wolf doesn't mean as much. And those kind of things bother me. By the way, if anybody tries to even pretend for a second, I'm saying that it's okay for any of this stuff. I've already said it 15 times. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think totally against question. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know, there's always somebody out there smoking dope who's like, uh, he said he loves to beat people. No, I didn't. No. But I don't know. I just. Maybe yeah. it is different groups. I don't feel like it is different groups. Maybe I track it better or whatever. But man, dude, I in fact, I got a little tired of hearing about it. And just I, what I'm talking about is the micros. Yeah. And, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, I think at some point said, we're moralizing um, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said is 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 perf- kind of a perfect perspective of our conversation because I think we all had different angles here. Like it was like we agreed, like let's talk about this, but wasn't the agreement of like we're all going to come to the same conclusion, right? Like you were talking about walking your own truth almost. It's like you know I'm sitting here saying, well, like I, I think you know it's important that we bring not that you guys aren't, but I'm more so spotlighting. Like it's important that more people know something is occurring internally, right? Like that there is call for change internally and that it's really just been a couple of pieces moved around. But I think both of you brought up really valid points in contrast to that or alongside that, where 
I think people will find this a very enlightening discussion. You know, I, I, that's kind I of think what it's all also about, to right? finish this, Maddie, somebody needs to identify exactly what's the accepted number of changes as well. Because if somebody's holding a company accountable and saying a certain amount of changes need to happen and some changes do happen and they're like, nothing's happened. Well, sorry, now we're at a complete, a complete impasse for information. I mean, I, in all honesty, I think the only way to not bitch about Ubisoft would be for all top management to be fired. That would be, is the way to, that's, that's, some people want. that's just saying, oh, oh, that's, that's where the discussion needs to be is what is the expectation? And some people be like, oh, we know what the, no, we don't know what the expectation is. I would like to know what the expectation is. Is everybody who's had a complaint removed? Is that, if that's the expectation, then they haven't made any adjustments and that's valid. Sometimes I hear somebody complain, for instance, in a video, but they won't tell me what their, their expectation is. And it's like, without knowing what your expectation is, then I don't know what you're bitching about. And I'm talking about anything, even review code, where somebody will just bitch and I'll be like, well, what do you expect? Because I need to know what you expect prior so that I can, so I can parse. You know, it's almost like a, a little dictionary for your video. You need to have all the terms. So, I mean, it sucks. Sucks we're even talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I just know there's a, it seems like there's an issue with the, based on what I'm reading here from Ubisoft's response is like they're implementing systems like reporting tools and a revamp training process now. And it's like, that's well and good, but we're going to have to see now if that is the, they're doing a thing. It's like, if we see another report like this though, that's kind of like where I think a lot of this conversation spawns from is. That's why I think the only way to really win is to fire everybody who's up above because your assumption will be everybody new. Right, mm -hmm. like that would That's be your assumption. Kind of it is that it's sort of corrupt at at its core, right? We, we last summer it was the talk of I think they had like um, they were originally going to cut out Cassandra, which I thought was one of the best AC protags. Like I I loved her just even as a character. Oh, from I mean, the, the game. AC yeah, they were going to cut her just because she was a woman. And I'm just like, what? Like she was way better than Alexios as far as I'm concerned. Okay, that's a completely different thing than what I'm talking about. I just I want to make sure this is absolutely. But clear. I'm saying I'm it talking comes about from the harassment. Yes, I'm saying we were talking that on the topic of things being rotten at the core of it all. Like that was that was like one of the the, the heads who had been asked to leave because they uh, they had caught also King Arthur. They were yeah, like there was accusations about them. That's what I'm referring. Like it it stems back to the same source is more so what I'm getting at. Okay, Upper, gotcha. uprooting. I just wanted to make sure it was rough. clear what I was talking about. But yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying now. Simply put. We're obviously against this, but an extended conversation put, for those who are Assassin's here. Creed, the next one will be a robot. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> I would actually play that, by the way. If it was a robot, it <laughs> might actually end up liking it. Next up on our news, Starfield. This is another really uh, interesting car. Yeah, I know, right? Jared Carrick, we, I mean, that's why I was looking for more news because I was just like, we talked about this for like a good half hour. I'm just by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Starfield has had a, a pretty big development this past week. It's been the subject of discussion on my channel on Defining Duke. And of course, we want to talk about it here uh, with the audience once more. Um, so what's been very interesting to see is this game is getting weird hype. I don't understand this. I say this as someone who covers it because, pardon me, my food almost came back up. Are we talking about Starfield I, getting weird hype? Yes. Okay. Okay. The reason I say weird hype is because there is a uh -huh. anticipation that makes complete sense. 
I am anticipating this game because I am interested in what Bethesda is doing as a brand new IP for the first time in two decades. I want to see them revitalized. Like I want to see mm. what chances they take. There is an anticipation there, a curiosity that is absolutely brewing and makes complete sense. But there are people who are like, I'm very excited for this. And I see it frequently. And I do think there is a talk to be had about people misconstruing just a lot of people talking about the news as folks calm down, please, you know, stop your excitement. It's like people are fucking talking, man. Like they're not all excited, but there are people who are legitimately like jittery excited. Um, And the reason this is all uh, popping up is because there have been reports across the industry for months that, hey, this game is looking like it's arriving fall 2021 there's a chance this all slips into 2022 however and if that is the case um then we'll see you there um and now jason Trier's had quote tweeted a, a report saying it was it's been done since 2020 and they're polishing it and it'll be ready for this year um saying that it's coming late 2022 and that the game is nowhere near complete um and that starfield's development really didn't get into full swing until like 2019 uh, with a bigger team, it was small at that point in time. Just a lot of back and forth for a game we don't know a lot about. So we don't have to like park it on this subject for far too long. But I, I really want to, uh, of course, Dustin, pick your thoughts first and foremost on the latest on Starfield and uh, its conflicting reports. I know maybe you're not as in, when I say this, I don't mean it in like a demeaning way. You're not as engaged, but I'm sure you're not like me, who's you know I'm doing coverage on it, so I'm more like tapped in, but. Um, are you officially in like, I'm unplugged until E3 mode because that's apparently where we're going to see this next and learn more. So is it just a wait and see approach for Dustin now? Yeah. For the most part. I mean, that's the thing is that there is no, no reason to get hyped about this game. Just like there's no reason to, well, I don't know. I I guess we're getting into the semantics of what the word hype or whatever. It's like, I'm not hyped about Elden Ring. I am, I am very optimistic and looking forward to the day we can know more. But I'm like, I don't know. It, maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting in my own head now about I it. I think there's a little bit of nuance to that excitement, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between, like, I'm looking forward to it and I'm, I'm excited. I got a big theory about this game. I think that people, there's so many people out there that think this is going to be Skyrim in space. And when it's not, they're going to be very disappointed. Because not because it won't, not because it's bad or whatever. I just don't know. I mean, maybe it is just Skyrim in space, which could be cool. cool. But yeah. what what would you see? There was like a rumor or something that said it was kind of like more akin to like sort of No Man's Sky, more exploration. The thing, yeah, they're just weird, weird rumors. Like there was someone who said Tom Cruise is in the game. That's when I just said I'm fucking unplugging. Like I I had my release date reports, which I I I'll detail them and talk about them in a little bit in this topic but i um i had heard that and i went okay i'll just wait till e3 at this point because i don't know even with like someone with a good track record like jason schreier you just can't help but look and go okay this is just this is way out of everyone's ballpark at this point so okay i'm not trying to contest schreier i'm just confused he's saying that starfield did not begin development until 2019 like there wasn't a, it was a small team, I should say, until 2019. And so, what the fuck were they doing then? Were they work? Was Fixing it Fallout? I don't know. That's here's the thing, so, right? I don't want to cut off your train of thought, but here's the important context of this: is 
I had not to make this about me, but I, I think it's important to where Dustin was was bringing us is I had reported alongside like a ton of other people, like probably the most reputable name would be Jeff Grubb that like, hey, this is a fall 2021 game um, and they want it, I should say, in fall 2021. That is the specific words I use. Desire, goal, want 2021, but it could slip into 2022, like an internal delay or just a pushback and say, like, let's wait. What's interesting is after all these reports come out and then Jason says late 2022, I'm like, that's a major conflict of the information that's been put out for a while. And it's circulated for a while. I was under the belief something had changed. So I took the, the, the reasonable investigative approach that I think most journalists should have done at this point. And I've talked to him before, like on the likes of Aspire with KOTOR. Um, and I asked him, so I emailed him. I was like, Hey Jason, like, you know, here's my source. Here's what they've told me. They have a good track record. Here's what I knew about Starfield. Can you offer some perspective on if something has shifted internally or at all that has led to this 2022 date? And he's like, hey, Matt, I'm just going to leave it in my tweets. Thanks for reaching out, though. He just gave me a very quick, simple response. And I'm like, okay, I'm not entitled to information. I'm thinking he's got a story brewing. And then I start getting people sending me reset era posts by Jason, which offer the context that I was looking for, which was kind of like pardon me a little annoying because i was just like okay i don't know why oh wait a little annoying that's wow yeah surprising i know just a little bit so i'm looking at these posts and it it, and he said for what it's worth and this is the really most important piece of context because i think the person he quoted luke stevens kind of made look foolish when i don't want to say he wasn't wrong he wasn't wrong but what happened is jason's like for what it's worth what people were hearing seemed to be from Microsoft sources, whereas I talked to developers. That creates a much more understandable position of why so many people were adamantly saying they're looking at fall 2021, looking versus the developer expectation of 2022. Because you have Microsoft, a team that just tried to get Halo Infinite out last fall and then delayed it for a fucking year. I'm wondering if this is sort of a repeat process, but more internally. Not like there's strife. I want to make that clear. Not like there's this chaos, major delays. It's it's a shit show. I'm not saying that at all. But when he posted that, I was like, that's kind of the perspective that we were searching for, but we did not have, um, even when I I dug for it. Um, so kind of bringing it back to what, what Dustin was bringing up about all of that. I mean, what do you guys make of, of that situation now where the, the, the reports were so strongly conflicting, but now it seems like people were hearing from two different sides of the same coin. Right. Or two sides of the same coin. Sorry. Wrong I guess it. just to, to finish out, the only thought I really had was just that I just, I don't, I find it weird to think that that this game hasn't been in full scale production for longer. I don't, I don't believe it took to i mean maybe i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it really took both of their teams to fix fallout 76 if it did then wow that game i didn't <laughs> the change weren't i mean they did a lot of bugs and fixing and stuff like that but like i didn't feel like and the changes they've done haven't been that drastic i don't know that i haven't been in i'm not in that that scene or that community at all i know they added npcs and they did some updates and stuff like that yeah. which is not a easy task but like two teams for multiple years like that that doesn't line up in my mind but Mm -hmm. 
what is a small team to Bethesda also? And what's a large team look like? That's a very good question because they've expanded a lot. So they've got Maryland, Dallas, Texas, Austin, um, and they've got Montreal. So these are all studios, obviously of varying sizes, but it's a really good question to ask is like, man, what exactly is this small team at Bethesda? Because what I pointed out in my video, and I think it's worth saying again, and then I want to see what Carrick thinks a little bit more is when Todd Howard says in 2018, pre-pandemic, by the way, he goes, um, yeah, uh, we've been working on Starfield for, it's been an active de- development since Fallout 4's DLC ended. That was August of 2016. Now, there's a difference between active development and like full-scale production, full steam ahead. This is our next release. I get that. But I guess maybe they got closer because he said they will shift on what's closer. Maybe they got closer to 76 and sort of like tapped through Starfield while pushing for Fallout 76 because a lot of that was just asset flips. But then I look at another quote he had in an interview in 2020 during the pandemic talking about reveal to release timing. And he's like, yeah we still really like to just keep that window as short as possible where you see something, you know what it is, what it does, and then you can play it soon. And I'm like, why would he say that in the end of 2020? Like, I think it was August or, or July in an interview. Why would he say that? And then there's now the report that it's going to be revealed again at E3 and then released the following year. My guess is Microsoft intervention, but Carrick, what do you think, my buddy? I was going to call you friend, bro, and buddy. I was like, but buddy? Exclusive 2022. That's all he said. All boom, boom. Dude, that's all. I've been told since day one, so I have mm. no fucking clue. I have no clue what's going on with everybody else, but I don't think my sources, whether they suck or not, I have no clue, but I'll, I'll tell you they're definitely not everybody else's because they're, it's... I, Nothing. I'm not saying anything. It's 2022 exclusive. Enjoy. I think COVID. Oh, I will add COVID. I said this about five months ago when I said I was getting word from major like publishers that COVID was impacting every single company's um, like timelines. And I think last month we started to see like I think Kotaku or Polygon was stating the same thing. I don't know why they didn't state that earlier because I think you could have also just guessed it was happening <laughs> just by looking at like what was happening but mm-hmm. there's a bit there's, it, that has definitely affected i wonder i wonder if we could have a light e3 because of covid it's possible well I think it's yeah fun, it is it's possible i i was surprised it's it's cool you mentioned e3 because i was actually surprised um i think it was reddit that posted somebody posted this company this company have, have stated they're they're going to or they're going to do something e3 there was a couple companies on there i wasn't expecting so um yeah, it could be light or it could be, you know, it'll never be light because there's thousands of games released each month. Right. But what it could be is a little bit of focus on some of the smaller titles. Whoa. When you guys shit. Sorry. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, look like a gangster. Uh, <laughs> E3 could be fun, man. Right? It could be not the normal um, suspects, which I, I think, think... it'd be fun. I think it'd be uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited for this E3 just to see some some games from people that like. Remember, Man Eater came and we were like, "Holy shit!" An RPG with a shark. 
mm-hmm. like the main character. That's that was crazy. more you, but well, I yeah, agree. Well, no, the internet because that yeah. thing trended for like three weeks. So oh, yeah, uh, really? I, cool. I think, dude, yeah, that thing exploded on PC Gamer. But I, uh, I mean, I would love to see some some other titles from mm-hmm. you know companies we normally don't see. Sega's yeah. going, aren't they? Didn't Sega even say that they were doing showing something? I mean, dude, yeah, it's going to be... A lot of companies have stuff ready to show. I don't know. This year doesn't seem like a lot of companies are going to have stuff ready to release, but I think a lot of companies are ready to start talking uh, about stuff. I think that's sure. going to be the difference maker. Um, and maybe be. that's where Starfield f- filters into that, that group mm-hmm. now. Because um, Microsoft has always historically liked to show shit early. So in their case, you know... I, I think they're going to have a really interesting E3 because I wonder like if they're going to pull the trigger early on something like Avowed or... Well, remember, like Phil Fable. went out on three different occasions in the last two years and stated we are no longer showing stuff early. I don't So who that. knows now? <laughs> well, they, they certainly it. backed it up with the last couple times where all they would do is CGI and then everything else was right then. So it's like, I don't know, man. Bug to one didn't CGI take very long. goes against it, but, you know... That's just me. No show, not a trailer, uh, CGI trailer. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Okay. Made it pretty gotcha. clear. He meant we're gotcha. not going to like show gameplay and then wait two years to release the fucking thing. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Like when gameplay is CGI shown, it's going to be. Yeah, that's that That was the, okay. you know, thing that he was, because somebody did ask, it was another game. He got burned. Remember, he got burned on something where they, sh- Microsoft showed it. In my- well, they got burned on Infinity too. Mm-hmm. Think about Scale it. Scalebound. Uh, Scalebound could have been it, right? Scalebound. I mean, Scalebound. That was the Platinum Games. Oh, Dragon. it was Scalebound, yeah. right? It was. It was absolutely yes. It was Scalebound, and it started with Jeff Gerstmann at one of the E3s where they he went into the room and sat with them, and they they were asking him. He's like, "Listen, like we probably shouldn't have shown that that early, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna start back." That's why I wonder, like, if they stick to that, then I think their E3 will be more compact than people are expecting. But I also feel like yeah. they could reach. A little bit so it'd be interesting to see um on the notion of starfield anything else gents or should we get into the patron questions persona 5 on xbox and get pc e3 sorry we were talking about you mean e3. announced at e3 yeah Atlas, i think it could happen like just walking also oh, that's another thing actually sorry dust i was just gonna say you're right yeah. what if Microsoft and Sony and everybody's like COVID has affected us. So instead, let's let's buy, you know, like for Microsoft, they're like, let's get this title that is normally exclusive. Mm. That'll be our announcement for E3 or one of. Absolutely. It's a good window for that. It's like you're seeing a lot of Mm -hmm. those. I have a review. Actually, just I think it went live on my channel, but like I re-reviewed or really did my first ever review of uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. And I did a stream of like Republic Commando. Like it's been a fun year of going back to old stuff that you didn't expect to release. Cause there hasn't, there's been new stuff like this month of May has been a lot of new stuff, but outside of that, it's been pretty, pretty scarce in the terms of new launches. And so I think, yeah, like a re-release of something is a bigger deal now, like saying, Hey, Persona's on Xbox. Now that's a, a bigger deal than maybe it would be next year. So I think yeah you're gonna see, I would I would imagine I should say you will see stuff like that, pretty regularly like stuff corrupted on, you does switch would be one sorry I don't remember now um, <laughs> I'm sorry you said Atlas <laughs> no, okay. Sega and uh, when I interrupted you oh yeah let's also okay since we're talking about what well I'm just gonna say what I want now since we're talking about E3 Project yeah, Lee Fantasy please. let's go from the Persona team it was announced in 2016 is this the year. Oh, Maybe. wow. I forgot about that one. 
Do you think we I get SMT5 release date this year? Do you think we finally get that at Nintendo's mm-hmm. E3? They've they've that's been since the Nintendo Switch reveal, man. That's when they showed that game off. Like like that that's gotta be Forever in a day. Yeah, like that's gotta be at the point where they go, get this fucking thing out of here, just fucking release yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm let I feel like when you already have games that's clearly had development trouble and then you have COVID, like I'm I'm mm. I feel like it's less likely. It's fair fair to say. Uh but <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Right now, there are quite a few. Maybe this is normal, but I'm like, there are quite a few lingering games for Nintendo right now. You got that. Yeah, for you got sure. Bay- Bayonetta 3, which I know is like a-, a partnership with Platinum, but still, years ago. And then, of course, Metroid Prime, which, uh, I mean, we knew that, that that game got restarted, but still, like. And then um, Zelda. Ooh. Yeah. Are we getting a Zelda blowout in just a few weeks? I didn't even think about that. What, Dude. you mean like a Breath of the Wild 2 random? Yeah. Like just showing up? Does Nintendo do big E3s anymore? Though? Yeah. Wait? Because it seems like they don't, don't wait. They it seems year. like they just do their thing when they do their thing. Yeah, I mean, last year they definitely did their thing when they did their thing. For sure. Dude, I just remember the E3 where they revealed Breath of the Wild. The they said like the sequel to the breath breath of the wild um that was cool i felt like that was a really good e3 show did, for them did you guys see the fucking amiibo thing that they're doing for skyward sword oh yeah dude they're mm. such scumbags i can't stand them <laughs> they, dude, people were mad put, and i nintendo get it or nintendo yeah they put a fucking like uh, a quality of life enhancement behind an amiibo and i'm like you guys are such fast travel <laughs> pieces of shit dude, like get get this Okay, Nintendo, it's like, first of all, uh, Amiibo was originally, what, $12.99, I think, each? And then they're like, okay, a few years later, they're like $15.99 each. Now, this fucking Zelda Amiibo, dude, I want to say it's like 25 bucks, And it looks like a pretty standard Amiibo, and they're locking fast travel behind it. Like I'm smiling right now, but it like it's like it's, it's just joyous... because it's so it's so fucking <laughs> For Nintendo. What game? Uh, Skyward, Skyward Sword, Sword HD. HD. Interesting, yeah, dude, it's incredible. I I I they like, locked a difficulty that, behind DLC too. That 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 move alone made me go like, wow, I need to make a video just talking about fucking Nintendo and and just. You want to talk about a company that 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 just bobs and weaves out of the way of any criticism? It's Nintendo, hundred percent. Holy shit! Is your criticism valid? Okay, I'm not speaking to you, Maddie, but to people in general. There are people that will bitch and complain about this, and they will spend the twenty five dollars. Is the criticism (laughs) valid then? Still, I I mean, probably. Yeah, it is still valid, but it's not like. I don't the know. company is not it. valid, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and it's up to the consumer. If you want to complain and then go buy it, then you know what'll happen too. Is, take you there's hacked switches out there. They'll figure out the software code for that amiibo or whatever, and so those oh. people with the pirated hacked switch will be having all of the pluses without having to buy any of this stuff. Well, there's there's a total black market on amiibo cards where people can. They have like an uh, a reader, and they'll scan yeah. whatever, and then they'll put that onto a card, and then sell it for five dollars on Etsy. And Nintendo, wow. I'm sure, does not 
like that. Skylanders did that. People with Skylanders would do that. Oh, yeah, dude. The market for Animal Crossing Amiibo cards oh right it's huge or like people make these um like i'm looking right now it says animal crossing amiibo coins and so you can buy which this is like one of the surefire ways to get a certain villager is that you can get the amiibo for them so i mean i kind of can't blame people i mean if it's optional and little like that right i don't care you know like oh you meet a villager whatever i don't i don't think that's as like in your face as Hey, let's take a look at this fast travel mechanic. Nah, you're not. You're not getting that with your $60 remaster. What is it going to be? Like a, a bird or something? Is that what it is? There's like, a, is this Amiibo a bird? A bird. And is yes. It, yeah. Okay. So it's tied into the fast travel is that basically you put this bird in, comes into the game, and you can fly. Dude, it's, this, it's, and it's that's your fast selling, travel? Weird. And so, them selling a Weird. Toys for Life gimmick for fast travel it's like come on that's ridiculous i don't know i, well, I still Amiibos feel i feel a little salty just because of sword and shield i think those games were so underwhelming that i think that's just carrying into this into this saltiness oh maddie's got some nintendo salt Damn. dude i just well also the fucking remasters for 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 mario don't even get me started oh my god come on seriously yeah, were they bad was... or were they expensive Sixty dollars for I wouldn't say they're bad. They work. That's about it. They were pretty subpar. Yeah, they just they just said, "Hey, you like these three games, and we need a Q4 boost." Here you go. That was it. Like no, you guys see. Mm. Oh, sorry. Did you see his uh, one of the guys who runs it? Did you see his comment for why they never dropped the price of the Switch too? That was pretty interesting. Somebody dug up his quote. Uh, it, no, no, listen to this. And I caught myself like like a fucking prisoner falling in love with their kidnapper. For a moment, I found myself nodding in agreement until I realized just how jack fuck insane this guy was. But he said, the reason why we don't drop the price of our consoles over the long run is because we don't want those people who buy it first to feel burned. And I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. So you're saying that after that, you want everybody to feel burned. What the fuck kind of comment? And that dude, I bet you, that dude would pass a psychological exam for a fucking psychopath. Like, that is the most fucked up. I remember just, I was reading it going like, huh, I get, wait a minute. What the fuck? Like, I agreed with, I can sort of see where Nintendo fans are. Like, you just are like, makes sort of sense. Fast travel, Amiibo, I get it. They care, man. <laughs> Dude, I've heard uh, statements like that from other companies specifically. I want to make sure I remember this correctly, but I believe uh, the creators of Beat Saber, when they were releasing the game on Quest, they opted to not make it cross-buy with the Oculus Rift. You had to buy it again. And they said they did that because they didn't want the, the users who bought it on Steam to feel bad, feel bad that they had to buy it again, and the Oculus users didn't. I'm like, are you, what? No, you'd be surprised. Some people is... will probably buy your game if you just allow the cross buy, like the. But by, it's it's that. But then you have to look at that person and say that that actually does not jive with psycho, like actual human psychology at all. It does not jive with the way humanity works at all. So that mm-hmm. person is a psychopath. That's what I'm saying. Whoever said that's a fucking psychopath? There's. 
this is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard, man. It's well, dude, there's things all the time where you you buy something on one platform and another platform gets some kind of deal or cross buy or perk. And to me, it's just like, oh, well, that sucks. But I understand because it's I bought it on this platform and that's just I don't know. It's it's I don't know. Maybe I, I have low expectations, but. Well, I think there's a difference between knowing business. Yeah. The expectations of a moral high ground where we wish everything worked perfectly, because I certainly do. Don't. But I certainly do. I mean, there's a, <laughs> it would be awesome. Like, for example, it'd be awesome if I bought one game and it worked everywhere on every single system forever. But it'll yeah. never happen. No. So there's two types of conversations around it. Like the sort of masturbatory dream statement. You're like, let's talk about nirvana and if this did work and then the more realistic one of like what positives can we get out of it right on Are you gents ready for some patron questions let's do it all right first one comes from a fat cock as always i was on my vita the other day and i noticed something i hadn't before i almost don't want to finish the rest of this i should have previewed this Tomba 1 <laughs> and 2 are on the Vita store. I believe they're direct ports, but it's still something. On the subject of handhelds, if PlayStation were to attempt that market again, what, in your opinion, would they need to do to be successful this time around? I can answer this pretty quickly. Uh, the problem with the Vita was that, at the time, development cost pretty similar to a PlayStation 3 game. But then companies had the, the tiniest bit, I mean, the Vita had the tiniest bit of market share. So if company says, well, why would we invest all this money in a Vita game when we could invest in a PlayStation 3 game or console, whatever, multi-plat, mm -hmm. and make way more money? So you got to figure out a way to get those development costs down or just don't focus on making your handheld a AAA device. Um make it focused towards smaller games. That's what I would always love to see, a PlayStation portable console that's not focused on, you know, big games. Nintendo can... Nintendo is in their own little world. I don't want to hear any comparisons right now about that because it's just... It's completely different. PlayStation, you know, they operate and go for different things in their platforms. So, I don't know. Part of me, like, I want that. I don't know if that would be successful, though. Dude, like I loved... More so nowadays, I love that era of, I don't know if you look at some like PS2 and Xbox games, GameCube games, and you look at their Game Boy Advance counterparts, but they're like these completely different games. Like I think Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith is one of the best examples. You have yeah. this 3D running around the movie kind of game, and then on DS and Game Boy Advance, it is one of the best fucking side-scrollers I have ever played. Lord of the Rings, Third Age, it's a turn-based RPG. But on Game Boy Advance, it's like this Fire Emblem game. It's incredible. Yeah. It's actually incredible. And so I would love to see something like that too, right? This idea of PlayStation making the... I mean, obviously, I don't think it's feasible. But if the development costs are cut, it'd just be cool to see these little cartridge-based experiences, kind of reimaginings of games and fitting them for their system, for their time, right? Like, I think the best one was the Lord of the Rings one. Just seeing, whoa, this is a... This is a Fire Emblem game, pretty much. Like the this, the way the combat civilization is done that way too. Really, like for no. Civ Revolution and the Civ games um, are like 
you know, these big sprawling, like thousands of choice games on the PC. And then when you play them on handheld, they're, um, they're a little bit like fire, not, they're not like fire emblem. They're just contained and they sort of pay dividends towards the handheld itself and not towards mimicking the PC, which it just feels better. Dude. Yeah. I just, I would do many things for a new handheld. I'm excited for the analog pocket. It's like a, it's like a brand new handheld that uh, is compatible with Game Boy Color, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games, but it has like an LCD screen. Um, It's much more vibrant. They post like comparison photos all the time of like how they enhance the games um, and how they run. It's, It's awesome. It's awesome, but it's still not out yet. And I think COVID hurt them a lot because there was a lot of excitement for that. They did pre-orders once it opened up and closed in like 10 minutes or not even. Like it was just instant. Uh, and this is before like all the next-gen scalping became a real prominent issue. So there's a lot of excitement for it because it's going to be like a new way to play these older games. Um, and so I'm very excited for that. But I'd love to see someone do something like this. I always talk about Xbox doing like their what do we call it, like the X-Boy, you know, that, that Game Pass streaming handheld device. I would, oh, man. I just love handheld gaming. Natural Calamities up next. Greetings, Matthew Strongman Schroeder. You spelled my nas- last name wrong, goddammit. Dustin Firmman oh. and Karate Carrick Third. I hope you gentlemen are having a subpar Friday with a pinch of good, but not too much, just a pinch. Now for my questions. A question I had... To know long ago, uh, to know long, lo, hold on, this this English, the natural, we talked about this, man. He did it again, guys. I can't fucking read this. A question I had not too long ago was why isn't Age of Empires coming to console? And some said it was too complicated. But when you look at the Pillars of Eternity series or a strategy game like Battle for Middle Earth, they seem to work on console. These days, is it right for me to think that any game can go on console with enough effort? I think this for Star Wars The Old Republic. A lot of times people go, oh, you can't play this on, on consoles. Yeah, I would I, agree with that. I I'll, can't I'll stand that. I'll be right back. That. I'm going to let my puppies out. But I no, agree with good. you for sure. I can't stand that. I don't know, generally speaking, if it is realistic for some games. But I feel like if there is a demand and there is enough, hey, we can make money off of this. Like, if there's a will, there's a way, right? Um, I'm of that mindset. So I think, yes, most games that could work on console from PC – yeah, they can figure it out. But will they? It's a whole different story. Trying to, so wait, what was the core of the question? Should they should they Is it fool is it foolish of him to think that any game could go on console with enough effort? Yes. Well, I mean, any I feel like often like sure, some of these games you can play on console, but is it going is that really the way you want to play it? Like I get that. Uh, for example, okay, I don't know. Maybe I haven't given it enough time, but like Holly has civilization on, on switch. And I tried to play a little bit of it. And I'm like, this is, this is awful. I can, never I made imagine. the same mistake. I made the same mistake. That is so funny. You use that example. That is a beautiful one. <laughs> well, it is not that great. Dude. Holly loves playing switch on PC and she showed some interest in the Switch version, and she she's like, yeah, it's not as good. Obviously, it's playing as the PC, but it's it's good enough for when I'm just chilling on the couch. I'm like, I wish that my uh, that I could do that. Like, not that I almost say I wish I had low standards. 
<laughs> that's so, that's so rude. But uh, no, I just could I could never do that ever. Uh, but I mean, shout out if you can. I mean, that's great. That's great. Oh, it's great. All right, if your standards are low, if your standards are low. That's right. Thank God. Thank God we have people with low standards in life. I'm that's sure. how I got married. Well, <laughs> I was just saying before you got here, it's Holly's the like one with the low standards. I feel like we need to do an standard. episode with, with patron questions. I feel like that's where just shit gets wild. <laughs> My wife has really low standards and, and no I'm... sense of small and large. It helps. Oh, of course, dude. You're so big that she's just like, can't even tell the difference, right? That's sure. It. Yeah. <laughs> sure. This is this is two inches, right? What were we talking about that yeah, one day? We, oh man, I, I, I can't wait to see the write-in for that next week. We just started destroying. Oh yeah, yeah. The write-in for the Duke is going to be a, a unique, a unique day. Yeah. Second question from Natural look, Calamity. Look like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Like you're like two two feet off Puss the ground. Push me! Push me! I'm a dwarf. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I feel so good because I pissed, and I got to tell you. You oh, you said something about we got to pinch this off, and I was like, speaking of pinch, I got to piss. The moment you said pinch, I was like, oh my god, I got to pee. Because I had the piss. It's right? so good. The piss, dude. It feels there. so good though when you go and you've been holding it. It's like oh, the circus yeah. ride of emotions because you're in pain, and then you start to go, and it, it like it goes up, and you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then you can't get it all out, and you have to sit there and press, and you're like, god damn. But you, you know what I mean. All right, we can talk about normal shit. <laughs> you press? Am I hearing that right, dude? Oh, it's I get, you gotta press. I, I, it's wasted time, and I got, I got a, I got shit to do. So once I get to like the end, halfway point of my bladder, I said this. It's most likely probably this by now. But like, I get yeah, and I start going like okay. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I have a friend to get it out who... as quick as possible. Yeah, I have a friend who who has like a reputation for doing that because like you'll be walking by the bathroom. It's gonna sound weird, but you'll literally hear it like powering Here. into the fucking toilet, and you're like, "Dude, how bad you had to go?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just pressing," and I'm like, "What do you mean you're pressing, dude? Like, is that okay?" You know the uh, swimmers thing where you put your finger or your fingers over your nose and you blow and it pops your ears. That's basically mm. this. That's what you're doing. You're just like, you're you gotta get that shit out. Just, just, <laughs> Dude, we got no time. No time. I don't. I don't spend a lot of time in there. It's in and out, baby. Hmm. Mm. I like to enjoy it. All right, like just let it flow. Wow, it's a it's a, it's a waterfall. You know, <laughs> let it's it a... flow. The yeah. Zen piss master. No, <laughs> as Maddie, just like, just like forty five minutes at a later, you still and... got a little trickle. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I've got sweat beading off my forehead because I'm fucking lifting weights. That's true. All right, next yeah. question. Last week, another patron, sorry I didn't grab their name, suggested you start a channel with you three, and I would like to offer up the names Ham Going Ham Gaming. Just a stroke of genius that came to me, and I'll expect royalties. Kara can cover the game's board side of things. Maddie and Dustin can take up streaming, and Maddie will be down to the down-to-earth man with a catchy intro. I don't know if I'm down-to-earth compared to, to, you, to you guys. I would say I'm up in the fucking clouds most of the time, and... And you two yeah, just really like has hold on to my ankles. The entire situation. Yeah, like, they you also guys are said that me before going into the fucking solar system. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they also said that their idea was genius. And I'm like, dude, that idea has been said so many times. I've whoever wrote in smoking a lot of dope. I'm just Wait, saying, who was that? Calamity. Wow, natural. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, let me there. Let's see if there's a time. going ham gaming. There has going... to be a podcast, right? 
has yeah, to be going, a going, going ham, ham is a little, little too so, obvious. There's a channel right. called DJ Go Ham Gaming, uh, and oh, they've got what? a bunch of farming simulator. They're a farming simulator YouTube. Now that's going ham. Ooh, ooh that's and going ham. Their logo is a reverse of the Beats by Dre logo, but they got 153 k subs. So shout wow. out. You know why? Because they chose that. I'm telling you guys. Well, you know this. You got Bethesda. Uh, you know uh, Fallout. But dude, I've seen some small channels where they just do one thing. My wife plays one mobile game. I can't remember one of the fifty thousand you know revolting mobile games. Mm. She was watching somebody like get an egg or some secret thing and i looked at their channel it's like 2.3 million yeah 2.3 million and all this person does is like yeah yeah dude or or any of these small ones like i mean if you just want to do farming sim or thief simulator or whatever this is why i tell people now's the time to open your channel it really Mm -hmm. is it really is a good time it's very easy to find your corner i shouldn't say easy it's very possible that you find your corner quicker that's a good imagine yeah very possible this is about how much that corner can grow, right? Like people who pick the Genshin mm-hmm. Impact corner, good choice. Good yeah, choice. That's you're in a pretty good ballpark. That that shit's only getting bigger. And even if that goes away, if you're smart and you can move, oh, another you gotcha could possibly game. move. Right, right. Yeah, that's it's kind of how I transitioned from Bethesda only to just RPGs. It's that's like, what I was going to mention. You you just yeah. expand in a very natural way. Coach Blue. Up next. Now, this was written in on Mass Effect's launch day, so just just keep all that in mind. It's Mass Effect Day. Let's go. All right. Who is your least favorite Mass Effect squad mate? There's 22 total squad mates in the trilogy, and it's always been impressive to me that there isn't one standout. This character sucks in my group, uh, in the group, at least in my opinion. My vote would be for Jacob, though. I thought he had the least amount of depth or growth. Also, where does the suicide mission at the end of Mass Effect 2 rank for you guys in the terms of all-time greatest video game endings? It's immaculate to me, especially with how it accounts for the choices and consequence both before and during the mission. Caden. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, Caden for sure. You had to actually... That's a good idea, but... Like, I feel like you had... Like, I have the... The proof is in the pudding. You had to pay me money to keep keep Caden alive in my playthrough that's how little he matters to me i was ready to axe this man and i was like okay you can you can buy him out i guess to keep him (laughs) you can buy my you can buy my morals yeah (laughs) it's awesome though sure i mean but that's man's got a headache he 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 killed his teacher that's it like it doesn't go beyond that either ashley's a piece of shit but at least there's a development there and actually switches away from the, the well i don't know if she's a piece of shit like she had family there was a reason why she at least acted that way or thought she should i guess mm-hmm. what about you dustin yeah i'm trying to do you remember. play do you like track it enough to remember yeah that's what i was wondering yeah because it's been so long who's this jacob because i he's from three right dude jacob's the usb uh, one jacob's from two. of fucking characters first guy you like, meet in the beginning of the game yeah i don't like caden caden though i've never i don't even know what he's like really i mean other than he wasn't he wasn't because you uh, kill him all the time yeah he was never around for me well in my i think i mean i've only played through that's the one benefit of this for me is i actually get to see what happens to another side yeah i get to see that i actually never saw that because every time just he's dead so there's that yeah Sean Mason's next. 
Hey, sexy men. Oh, here we go. Nice. I, I love when Sean writes in with a, a story about his students because it's always hilarious. This week, my seventh grade students were subjected to the MCAS, a statewide standardized test that all students in Massachusetts have to take in grades three through 10. As you can probably guess, it's pretty boring for the teacher proctoring the exam as you basically sit there in silence for four hours. But there was some humor. On the first day of the test, about three hours in, one student let out a massively loud fart, breaking the silence. All the other students burst out laughing. The kid, who's far, far, the kid who farted had his face turn red as a tulip. So my question is, when was there a time in your life where you let him rip when you shouldn't have? Best Sean M. Wow. That took a turn. Mm. Uh I'm looking honestly, right at Carrick. I'm looking right. <laughs> He's got a nah, steely I don't, I don't gaze. Do, I don't do body like stuff around other people ever. Uh, no, I don't think you, I've ever like let a fart unless I purposely, you know. No, there's probably yeah. like a, a you 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 tried to and you shit yourself, right? Like that's probably what occurred. I'm digging deeper I, here. There's more I, to this I story. I think when I was younger that definitely definitely probably happened, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Dustin, you seem more apt to share. Yeah, perfect. Because, no, but here's the thing. I can't think of an instance where maybe I have supreme uh, butthole sphincter control control. or something, but I've never – I mean, I'm I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) BCC. So – but I do – Colon control. I have a very awesome short story to tell you guys where my dad has been known to not care about anywhere he does you know grocery store whatever like recently i was with my dad we were about to go into a store and he was going to be polite and rip one before we walked in but he opened the door fully and then was like and then walked in i'm like everyone heard you everyone heard it like yeah there there was i appreciate maybe it was like a smell factor he was like trying to be polite from that i'm like everyone still heard that so but anyway that's not the point of the story when, so my, my dad used to be a youth leader for at my church many years ago, many years ago. And during a quieter moment of like the group, <laughs> a girl, a young teenage girl leaned forward and accidentally ripped ass in front of everybody. Oh, no. But Ouch. everyone was facing the front. So it wasn't immediately obvious. My dad took the fall and said, woo, like, oh, excuse me, and took the fall for this girl. Wow. And, dude, that's how you – my dad's a real one, let me tell you. like What a guy. What a guy. They've never acknowledged this, but he did it. He did it. Dude, that deserves to be in the history books. Like, that's, that's the ultimate sacrifice that no one's talking about. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, to my dad, it wasn't a sacrifice at all just because he's just doesn't care. He, he, already doing it. He's already I think, doing I think it anyway. Our, even though I'm older than you guys, I still think that generation of, is a little bit like there's something about it because almost all of the older guys I know, like my dad's age, would probably rip it without. I mean, my dad wouldn't do it when friends were over. But if you were there, like you need to leave the room because I'm not. Well, <laughs> You'd be like, dude, what the? Fuck? I don't know why I find it so gross. I do not want to smell your insides, no. and I'm gonna try to kick them back up your anus if you release them near me. I think it. I don't know why. I've always had an issue with that. You know, and I have friends who fart in their cars, 
Like you'll get in a car. They'll be like, hey, man, we're going to go to the movie. They're like, okay, they'll come to your house. You'll open up the door and a waft of feces just comes out of their car. And you're and I, there's been times where I'm like, I'm driving my own car. And they're like, why? And I'm like, dude, because you've, you've obviously farted away a sick stomach. Like they've got a sick stomach dark chocolate fart. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to the store with you, man. So, Carrick, here's the thing. I think you might be onto something about this in that generation because my uncle, uh, my, I've heard this story where like he would always rip ass in class, and the teacher would get mad because it would be very disrupt, you know, disrupting to the class. He'd be like, "Hey, if you have to do that, you need to go out in the hall." So my uncle yeah. would then, like, in the middle of instruction, stand up. <laughs> Start walking to the door and then be like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Didn't make it. Didn't make <laughs> it. And then go back to his seat. Like, just like was the most obnoxious. So I don't know. It's something about uh, it's about those those brothers there. My my dad and his uncle. They're just they, they love don't care. Them, they, they, I, I respect them for it. I mean, hey, it embarrassed me when I was in high school or whatever, maybe here and there. But I didn't know. get past. I don't know if you guys didn't get those or... jeans. No, I didn't get that. I, I mean, obviously everybody farts and does that, oh, but I'm not. Farts. I'm not like, yeah. like anywhere I go, like yeah, you're in front not of anybody. Casual, I'm not doing like that. Pax East. You and I would have met up. You would have been yeah. talking and just let it go. Like you're exactly. not like that. Yeah. yeah, like no, yeah, I'm not. You know, when you're with, there's when some you're people with... who make a production of it, which is weird to me. It's very <laughs> well, odd. They're like, I think it could they'll, be they'll pull their arm back and you're like, dude, <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Well. <laughs> Maybe in a certain context, I would I would think that's funny, but I agree. Not, yeah, I, not me, man. I think the performative yeah, no farts are there's a touch to them. That's, that's oh kind yeah, of hilarious. You know, I, I, at least to me, you know. In answer to the question, I mean, I, I think I'm the only one who actually has a story of like, oh shit, you know that that definitely wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> you know, because it's not even like a, a fantastic story, but I just you know, in in an act of transparency to our audience, I was in ninth grade. So, yeah, it wasn't even like I was just this young kid who just had zero control over his body. This is a, this is a growing teenager at this point. Um, and we were in – oh, my God. What class was it? It was English. And I'm sitting there, just casual chat with the bros. It's me, my buddy Ivan, this dude Taylor. <laughs> Don't know what Taylor's up to nowadays, but you know he got to see one of the more yeah, vulnerable moments. Because you did it, and he left. He never came back. Right. <laughs> Last day you saw him. <laughs> well, because you see, I was a little piece of shit back then. As I've I've said multiple times in high school, I was not a good kid. And so, you know, my uh, I think Taylor said something. You know, gets a good laugh out of me. You that huh? Like you know, you let you, you tighten up your stomach mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. out it comes. Right. And so, me quick on my toes. I'm like, Ivan, what was that, dude? He's like, what? And Taylor heard it. Taylor was like, bro, you just you just really let that go like that? And so Ivan was like, you know, it, it, I started to create this narrative. I was like, dude, Ivan, just own up to it, man. And he just would not, right? Because it wasn't him. It was me. But I was quick. I was on my feet and saved myself the embarrassment. However, as Sean said, it was not supposed to happen. It was not intentional, but I saved myself. And therefore, yeah, I, I mean, leaning forward, lifting weights doing martial arts you'll definitely hear somebody pass gas on accident (laughs) or getting punched in the gut if you get punched in the gut really hard man there there's been times where like you'll be sparring with somebody and you'll just whack like they're going one way it's like a falcon punch where like just like 
fucking streamers coming off of it, and you'll hit somebody in the gut, and you'll hear this like, <laughs> as they fall down, and you're and you, there's even people in the UFC who shit themselves by getting punched I in the gut. It. There's a UFC. Did you guys? There's a UFC video. One of the top heavyweights has a just a brown streak down his shorts because he got punched in the gut and it just loosened his bowels. And, I just searched. Or you uh, pick UFC... somebody up. UFC Shit your pants. fighter poops his pants in the middle of a match and loses. No, oh, he lost. Yeah, yeah, he lost. Yeah, was that? It wasn't a Gracie. Who was that? Um, Does it say? Justine Kish. Uh, I need to oh, go up, man. I don't know why. That's just uh, those stories like... always tickle my funny bone. <laughs> oh, and they don't man. stop, by the way. So there's been times where somebody's pooped and. In wrestling, it happens in youth wrestling, and uh, they won't stop the match. So you, if you get into north south, which is where your head is at their crotch, <laughs> it could be a really bad fucking match. Yeah, you just tap I mean, out. You're like, let me go. Oh, I, yeah, I right. <laughs> Hold exactly. Up. I would do that if I had some shit in my face. While we're talking about sports and poop, isn't there a thing that like marathon runners will just like shit yes, as they're for running? Sure. Sure. I'm Why? sorry. That's a no go. If they were like, if someone was what? like, hey, if, if you want to do this gaming marathon, it's eight hours. Part of it is you're going to shit your pants. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, I'll just stay so, for four hours. But, you like, try mar- to not have any, but it there they will. Yeah, there's a video of one guy who's like running and he's just got <laughs> and sometimes you'll be sick, too, because your body is under horrendous, like horrendous stress. But yeah, there's definitely like, and did you guys see the run that they do in the desert, which is like 72 hours of running where these guys will get a blister and they'll get, they have take super glue and they'll just slice the blister completely off, spread super glue on their foot, slap the skin back on, put their sock back on and run and they'll eat Big Macs. There's videos of this. It's called the something mod, the death something. And, um, there's videos of those guys just like unleashing Whopper poops as they're running. (laughs) Just like eating a Whopper, and then four hours later, wow! Whatever, man. Makes sense if you're gonna run for that long, you kind of have to shit your pants, right? Like, I mean, a marathon, dude. I, I'm sure somebody knows, but marathons are like twenty two point two, right, or something like that. Like, that's a. I mean, admittedly, people run them really fast, but there's a chance that you know you may. I wonder the same thing about some winning. streamers. Like streamers would be like twenty four hour stream, no breaks. I'm like, you don't go to the bathroom. And and something I did uh, in my twenty four hour. I only you got twenty four hour once. Yeah, I had a buddy with me because I was like, oh. you know, we got to hold it down together, yeah. man. You know, it's just alternating shifts. That was horrible. But yeah, when we did that, man. Do you like, hear that Twitch is starting to stop that, Manny? Which is like got a bunch that. of rules now for those. Yeah, they're, to keep safe. Like, yeah. I, I think you have to have an intermission now, or they or somebody like you said, somebody it's after a stepping in at a time. But <clears throat> yeah. There are That's only safe. That's only safe. I think it's smart. Um, Maddie. What were you gonna say, Justin? What's up? Well, unless there was more to say about this topic, because I uh, <laughs> I gotta I gotta head out. Okay. But there was I was looking. So there's not a lot of questions left, but there is one that was directed towards you and me. So we could answer that real quick. Let's do it. At the bottom, Great Ape asked about I Dustin and Maddie. Both have some form of standing desk now. Have either of you invest in floor flooring accessories? Oh like no, I do mats? too. Sucker. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I've got a. I've got the roller. The roller, right, right. Um, <laughs> got the shitty old one. Flooring accessories like fatigue mats, foot massage slash activity mat, or wobble balance board. 
And he said, I ended up going with the wobble balance board because just standing in front of my desk after like five minutes created a flat area in my carpet and fatigued my legs and feet. Often leaving them standing, feeling strained and stiff, it seems ridiculous, but the wobble board has ended up quite well. Wow. I don't have anything like that, but I don't know. For me, it's like when my feet start to get tired, I just sit down since I got one of the motorized yep. ones. Like it's not hard to, to change it. So I just alternate. I mean, I have carpet in here and I usually am in uh like I either have slippers or socks on. Mm. So the timing for I probably this should is, get one. is phenomenal because today and yesterday I have had like a knot in my Ooh. left calf. And I do think it's more like a strain from how often I was standing at my desk because you don't mm. have, it's, it's not like you're moving. You'll notice for anyone who's watched me do the podcast, you'll see me kind of bounce back and forth because I just need to move. Like that's, if you've ever seen me speak, I just, I fucking rock around my chair like a psychopath. Um, and I've noticed that that's why I sat this whole show. Cause I was like my left calf. I was like, I'm going to see how it feels like I'm going to kind of sit um, because it was starting to impact. Like, I was like, I want to go on a walk today. And I, I you know, I, I felt like I couldn't because I think I strained my, my calf just from being on my feet for like hours and hours and hours and not really moving, just standing there. Um, so I noticed when I was feeling around my carpet, I am starting to get that flat area because I'm just standing in one area for a while. So I'm going to look mm. into this. It's actually amazing timing that this was said because I didn't know such a thing existed or there was something there with that. I, I knew you had to balance it. Right. But right. I didn't recognize there was more to it. So thank you. Great. For writing in about that. Yeah. There's, he wrote in a bunch. He, he broke the rule, the two question rule, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that last one, but I do have to go. Did you boys. say you had to go? Yeah. Oh, I'm, right. I'm going. Well, so one. tonight's tonight's a special event in downtown where they have all the food trucks and so Holly is meeting me down there, and we're gonna have. I'm I'm hoping for like a pulled pork sandwich. That's what I want. Um, maybe a beer, beer pulled pork. Treat yourself. Maybe some ice and cream, and maybe possibly pooping yourself tonight when you get dysentery from the truck. I'm just joking. Have you ever got <laughs> sick from this? Have you ever got uh, sick from a a, tr- a food truck? Not from a food truck that I can think of. I don't think I have either. No, I think that's a misnomer, or not a misnomer, but like a myth. Because I, yeah, I mean, for me, it's yeah. just a ton of dairy. Like if I stack dairy on dairy, oh. on dairy, it'll get you. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta take some of those pills. Like I know. once, I once pounded like a a McDonald's milkshake within like an hour before. Like I think we went and stopped somewhere, and then I got home. I'm like, I'm tired. Go to bed. Man, that's a that's a bad night. With mm. That's that. a middle of the night stomach ache. Yes, mm. indeed. The worst. On that note. I'm going to get out of here. All right. Have a good one. Good talking to you. See you later. See you later, man. Goodbye. All right. We only got a couple more questions. No, no worries. Your boy, T Nasty. We're shorter. Yeah, we are short on time. We're We're not short on time. We are shorter in the show. Yeah. Yeah. We're making good on time. It's because we didn't have a lot of news, but that's okay. Your boy, T Nasty, writes in, I was smoking with the boys last night, and it got me thinking about the future of video games. Do you guys think that we will see remasters, or I'm sorry, interesting wording, re-remasters in the future? For example, do you think we'd get Mass Effect Legendary Edition with a remaster to fit whatever gaming technology would be 20 years from now? Or will titles be irrelevant by that point? Thanks. That's a really good question. Yes. I do. Too. Yeah, I, I do. do think so, too. I think either that or if we get to a point where 
we see FPS boost being a thing, right? If we can implement these free, easy updates that that change how the game is, but systemically, like something such as Legendary Edition, I could just see them saying, "All right, we're going to remake Mass Effect One now." You know, what well, Days like, Gone it, is doing its second remaster, right? What do you mean, Days, Days Gone? Gone? Days Gone already had one remaster for the PS4, and now it's got the second remaster. That you mean the Last of Us? Everybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. Last yeah. I, I was Days thinking, Gone I, is stuck in my fucking head because I'm I thought, playing it. No, I, I get it because I was thinking the PS5 update and the PC release. Yeah. Last of Us is, I think, a pretty good example of something like that. Because if they're starting it now, I imagine that would be many years from now. Like, we'd be talking like 2025, 26. Maybe we'd see that. And at that point, it's like, well, is it actually time for The Last of Us 1 to be remade if it's been since 2013? I don't know. I think there are games that, that are more demanding to remake. It's just me. But, yeah, I definitely think as it goes forward, in one way or another, you'll see these older games get updated. Ray tracing. Mm-hmm. If ray tracing becomes super easy for something i could see it come like look at mass effect and look at a good ray traced game mass effect's got some cool colors imagine that ray trace like i could see yeah, that yeah. batman batman i could definitely see if they figured out some ray tracing and people are like hey let's you know it dude that'd suck but it's gonna happen actually now that i think about it i yeah i would be shocked if it didn't yeah I just hope they balance it out with, like, for example, Square Enix is sitting on Chrono Trigger. Like, I'd love for them to remake something like that instead of re-remaking Final Fantasy VII. Right. Right. Or, or remaking Final Fantasy IX. That's my Do two, favorite. basically. Do one old and one, like, yeah, one like, re-re and one Yeah, remake. like, that. The part of the reason I have a problem with, say, Naughty Dog doing The Last of Us is because they have something like, Rat- uh, not Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, which... I'd love to see them try again, right? I think they're a really talented yeah. studio. Like, I'd love to see them try that. If you want to do The Last of Us as well, yeah, by all means. But don't let it be at the cost of something new. That's kind of right. my 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 thought process. Thank you for writing in, T-Nasty. Chingiz writes in, Greetings, boys. After the news that Jason Schreier broke about Starfield being late 2022, what games do you look forward to that were released this year? For me, it is Biomutant, which is super close, and Deathloop as the next best thing to the Dishonored sequel and Kina bridge of spirits i didn't have my heart set on starfield so much that i was that it was displacing games i was anticipating but right let's think here i why am i struggling to think of when's black wenga coming out or whatever it's called the the monkey the amazing looking martial arts monkey one you know black uh it's called like black what something or something like that huh yeah, is that coming out? Actually, maybe that's maybe that's. I feel like that's away. there's some time for that because mm. it, it's either that or it's the lost something that's like that one or couple person team that's like it looks out of yeah. this world. Um, I think they're both Chinese developers or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Um, for me right now, like off the top of my head, Halo Infinite for sure. I'm very excited for that one. Um, this would likely be a 2022 game. I don't know when, but uh, Project Triangle Strategy. That one looks really, really cool. You know, I, I, whatever the fuck they're going to name it, I don't know. Right now, that's the place yeah. owner name. <laughs> um, what about uh, Ratchet? Oh, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Jeez. 
that's not the right so. i think it was so soon that you weren't like it did I was, it like, doesn't trigger over your the top brain of it yeah 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 ratchet of course ratchet i'm very 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 excited for um yeah, I'm trying to think beyond that. Of course, Avowed, but like a lot of these games I'm looking forward to kind of fall in that same 2022 area. 2021, um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with some answers. I want to hear some of yours. Maybe you'll you'll rattle my brain a little bit here. Oh, I the mean, new Pokemon game. Sorry, the, the Arceus or whatever. Right. That, that open world one. I want to see what that's all about. I'm not like super sold on it. But that but, would be cool to... I'm looking forward to that for sure. Horizon Zero Dawn for me, just because I'm a, I'm, you know, hope, hope it could be a long time out. Who knows? But that one is just always on my list. Or what is it called? Forbidden West, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ratchet and Clank, but that's soon. And then, to be honest, and I, I don't know if this is just you know COVID or what, but I've definitely taken this weird like. I, I still check because I need to review them, but I have definitely changed my vestment. And dude, we could do an entire video on this in someday in the future because Abzi brought it up, but Cyberpunk changed a lot for futuristic hype and investment and, and all this stuff. And um, it's caused me to like sort of back away just a little bit more. I was already pretty backed away, but I've mm. definitely found myself backing away. Like even Assassin's Creed, which I don't think we've heard any new things, right? Mm. Um, nope. Uh, because that, uh, sorry, I said Assassin's Creed, I meant Far Cry. Far Cry 6 oh. was supposed to be out in February and then it's disappeared, right? And I got to tell you, Maddie, I'm not waking up every day going, even though I love Far Cry, even though I haven't loved every game, I like the series and I, th I, I think it's well worth playing. Um, I haven't even really missed that. Like I'm just sort of taking that. Yeah. With the way speed. things have changed, you kind of have to adopt mm -hmm. that, right? Like that's how I feel yeah. is it's, it's been great. Cause it's opened up that window where these little re-releases like Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, like yep. um, uh, Republic Commando, you can just kind of hop back into um and some other stuff that's being re-released at the end of this year. Like there's, there's that window there that I'm really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. where, Oh, uh, the, uh, new tales of Arise and judgment sequel. I plan on playing judgment this summer. So I'm very excited for those games as well. Judgment sequel, especially looked really cool. Um, tales of Arise. That is yeah. the, uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's tales. Get, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, what else is there? Wait, Ascent. Interested in that, oh, right? Descent. Yeah. Ascent, yeah. Descent. I keep, I keep as, as, Ascent, yeah. Because I forgot they announced the release date. Yeah, because they did that quietly. They did yeah. that through like a preview event. Um, But yeah, that was that's July. So that's not too far mm -hmm. off either, which I'm, I'm very, very, very keen on that game. I hope it ends up being pretty good. That's a pretty good slate of games, I'd say. Yeah. It, it, why I stuttered 85 times trying to say this. Did we find out, is there any DLC for Returnal? I don't know. I know they're still patching I it, don't right? either. They are, been, but I was just I've wondering, been... like, I wonder, like another biome maybe, or like a dream sequence. I, I, I'm just guessing. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you know. That's the other thing is, is this last year or so has kind of taught me to be a little more patient with releases. Um, 
And by that, I mean, like, Returnal would typically have been in my old state of mind, a game like I felt like I had to be in on and, pl and playing. But I was like, you know what? I'm interested in Biomutant. I'm going to try to review that. Village, I, I tried to review. I, I, I got my code, but, you know, it was the day of launch or something like that, so I couldn't review it. Um, and I'm going to stream it. But, you know, I, I, I just kind of put my target on a, a number of games, Mass Effect, of course. And it's like... I'm going to leave Returnal to the side. I'll put in my request, see if I get anything, because then maybe you shift things around a little bit. Um, maybe I drop Village then, because I know I have access to Returnal. But, you know, Returnal's a game, like, I don't know anything about, really, because I'm just, you know, just based off what you have said, what Dustin said, what I've heard on Sacred Symbols. Just sort of game. not following it, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially with that genre, I'm, I, I, you know, for the sake of not sounding redundant, I, you know, I just... I am very protective of my entry of that genre because I'm very picky about it. And so mm. after coming up with such a strong experience like Hades and still loving that game, like, I don't know if I'm really keen to jump into another roguelike. Like, I just don't think I'd be giving Returnal a very fair shot. Um, so I'm just sticking away. And if they do more DLC, I'll, I'll keep my eye on it, right? They did expansions for Horizon, right? They did Frozen Wilds or something like that? Yeah, so Frozen really, Wilds. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like that. Straw Hat Ninjas up next. Greetings, gentlemen. My Xbox Elite controller is finally starting to fall apart after many years of use. The grips are starting to peel off, but it served me many years. How long do controllers usually last for you guys? Have a decent day. It depends. I have all mine. It depends. Like, my official controllers last a while. My PS4 controller started to get pretty bad drift, and I had to buy a new one about two years three years in um yeah true my i gotta once again shout out to power a not sponsor or anything but they're kind of like your off company right xbox controller yeah. yeah and they did uh i think they do playstation maybe but they did a off-brand xbox controller i got for 30 bucks and that shit lasted me it still works i got that when ori will and the wisps came out which i want to say was beginning of 2020 um or was it twenty? Was it twenty nineteen? Anyway, it still works. It works fine. Um, yeah. It was so. Controllers typically last me a while. I'm very gentle with my stuff, though. Not that Straw Hat's throwing his around, but I grew up with a brother who would like fucking hit his controller and shit, and like they would break and or stop working all of a sudden. I had friends who would like kind of like pound their hands against it, like, "Oh, come on!" Like you know, they would be very, drop it on the floor or whatever. I am very careful with my controllers. Like, they never hit the floor. I keep them in a safe area. I just have always been that way. And um, I think that might be why they last me longer than most. I would say Drift has affected a number of the PS4 ones. Um, PS4 in particular, I had an issue. I think I told you, but I had an issue where my, my PS4 Pro was so screwed up I couldn't even rebuild the database on the hard drive, but also it wouldn't allow new connections to Bluetooth stuff. So I was buying controllers and having to do the short wire plug-in because it was far away. I broke a couple dropping them, and then I threw one through the wall when I was playing Returnal recently. Right through my wall. Like, I had to repair the wall. Just a huge hole. I was so mad at that game. All right. We have a sorry. I didn't mean to like not respond to you. Just I was like skimming through uh, our last question. It's like a full. Okay. It's a full thing. Right. Uh, writing it about it. It reminds me though of a um, a story. I did actually break a controller once, 
Um, I didn't mean to, though. That was the thing, is below me was actually a fucking hilarious story. It's like one of the ones my friends and I retell. Um, I was playing MLB The Show, and we had a a chart, a, a bracket, and we were all, like, playing against each other. And my friend beat me. And when I stood up just to be, like, as a jokester, I was like, oh, man, you know, I went to throw the controller down because below me was literally a wrapped up blanket. So when I threw it down, I even throw it down without much force. I kind of like just snapped my arm. So it was just gravity, but it kind of like you sell the motion of it, like falling. I either threw it harder than I thought, or the, the blanket didn't provide much cushion because beneath it was a hardwood floor. So it hits the ground and you hear like, it sounds like glass breaking. You hear like a crash. Oh, and this plastic, it was like one of those, um, Mad Cat's controllers, like, so the plastic just kind of splits and flies. And <laughs> my friend Connor is sitting there on the couch, and he points and goes, like, ha-ha. Like, he starts laughing because, you know, I overreacted and, and the controller broke. And it's like it, he realized a second afterwards a shard of it. it was had, him. That, no, a shard had come in and, and lodged in his fucking hand. So he's pointing, laughing, and he goes, and you see him, his face goes straight, and he looks, and he, like, you see a little blood coming out. He's like, he starts, like, rocking in his fucking chair, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, he's in pain. He starts to, like, tear up a little bit. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck happened, bro? And so I feel bad because I just accidentally, like, shanked my buddy from afar. But he also didn't realize it flew right into his fucking hand. It was <laughs> – Whose controller it was, was it? It was my buddy Ivan's. And so, I, yeah, I – I threw it Sorry, down before. I apologize. He was actually really cool about it. I was like, dude, I mean, you know me. I was like, I don't rage or anything. Like, I did not mean to break your controller. I gave him one. So, you know, it was did all Did you see fine. the Troy Baker, Nolan North one? No. Where they broke their TV? Oh, my God, no. I, yeah, there's a gif of it, and I'm pretty sure one, it was like sort of a joke, but somehow in the middle of their show, because they did that. I don't know if they still do it, but because Troy has a lot of podcasts that i've seen him on um but they were playing a game or something and the tv breaks and i'm pretty sure if i remember right it was it was like somebody was joking and threw a controller and it broke and you see them and like it's obviously one of their tvs because it was like dude what the fuck? <laughs> yeah that happens just i don't know it's good to have a lot of money i guess <laughs> i'll fucking break my TV, yeah right, right. last write in Grade 851, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Greetings, guys. I finally finished Cyberpunk 2077 at 85 hours. All unique NPC quest lines, level 50, all side quests and gigs complete. I understand why the third act of the game had to be so short. That's fine. I spaced out my main missions a lot between the side content and the main story, but still had almost half of the different sub areas to clear out by the time I got to the point of no return in the game. It seems like the second act should have been longer or some had some way to experience the open world activities sooner in the game. I know CD Projekt Red made the main quest line shorter compared to The Witcher 3, which I think would have preferred a longer length here. It felt like the areas like Pacifica got featured in a one mainline quest, but never, but really were underutilized after that. It left me with nothing but just grinding the yellow and blue markers about the, around half the map. The uh, yellow and blue activities are nice open world fodder, but didn't really help flesh out the distinct feel and vibe of each area. Looking at the GOG achievement percentages, it seems like one unique NPC quest line completion rate, which he says the name, 
but I he put a spoiler tag, so just in case I won't say it, is about 11% compared to the others being about 30% at worst. My question is what you thought of the pacing in the main quest line, specifically the second act. Does it feel like the large part of the main quest got axed at some point, maybe letting you explore the city with Jackie in the previous six-month time span? So long-winded. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I remember there was talk about that. <clears throat> I think there was like yeah. a a report on or not a report but like a post on reddit and people were like ah but now it, it sort of looked that way based off what was happening afterwards um so the question is what we thought of the pacing of the main quest line specifically the second act and and did it seem like some parts got axed did you did you walk away feeling that way like there there could have been more um especially in the main story yeah i don't think that was my issue though if that makes sense so yeah i would agree but I think if my issues were fixed, it wouldn't be an issue. Gotcha. So was, that was just one more issue. But interactivity in the game world was my mm. major one of other than bugs was my major issue. Um, because I felt that if it had been super interactive, not Bethesda, we're not idiots. It does not everything needs to be picked up. That's their style. Yeah. But you know, I couldn't even sit on a stool, dude. You know what I mean? Like it, like. Mm -hmm. It was just that was was more whatever. Even Deus Ex, which I'm playing right now, Mankind Divided, that game has more like interactivity in the first 30 minutes, and uh, and it's not super interactive. So yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, story wise, I did see that complaint pop up a lot. I remember actually. I think even prior to me doing my review, I was seeing people talking about there. There was a feeling of something being cut. Um, man. I, I've wiped this game from my memory, Maddie. I will have to go back now and track where that is because I do remember people bitching about that and thinking that there was something, you know, cut. Didn't somebody mod it though and put missions back in? I thought I, I just saw that. I, I didn't pay close attention to the modding scene. That's mm. the thing is once I made my review and I did some of my post-launch content, I continue to have conversations about the game, but it's not as big of a feature right now as they i would yeah. say keep an eye on them for e3 because i i kind of anticipate they will have by the timing uh, of them being quiet and when they said things would release oh. i imagine i'm guessing they would show back up and say like here's things were changing and oh. um that's just my guess i feel like mm -hmm. they've been quiet for way too long but yeah i've sort of stepped away from it as well just because it's it's i like the game a lot i just think the the conversation is toxic it, it it like i have a pretty optimistic audience i would say um or they understand my optimism for the most part and they engage with that and and so the comment section is not as i think uh volatile as other youtube comment sections now, i'm not like one of those people like although i love my audience i think they are the best like i know every youtuber is like my audience is the best i'm not even saying that i just yeah. think it's less chaotic but even in my experience i was very shocked to see how fucking toxic things got so i just pulled away from that so for me with the game like i i feel like i have a relatively clean view of it because it really hasn't shifted since when i played it um i do agree i think the world interactivity can be better i i think they could have done more in the terms of of um things you could do um yeah because it did what have a little want. bit of the checklisty approach to it i thought the level design though was so good that it sort of made up for it so I always joked about it, but I always felt that Cyberpunk was like a surprisingly good stealth game. Like I thought it was really fun to play. 
on the stealth side of things and the, and the gameplay builds were enjoyable. So that's where I think the game thrived in a really weird way. I think a lot of people, and it seems like Great Ape had it in, in his expectations, is, I'll explain why I almost don't feel this way, but it excelled in the gameplay side of things with its choice and consequence where its story was very much one path. Like, I made a whole video highlighting how they kind of failed spectacularly at giving you really an responsive RPG. choice and consequence. Yeah. And especially I highlighted my review. Like I had a whole section on it saying like, this is not going to be the reactive world you're looking for. And I think it's why you saw a lot of people who gassed up cyberpunk before launch and then made their review gassing up again, got dragged while I didn't because I showed the flaws, but said at the end of the day, I still really like this. Um, so when I looked at it from a story perspective, I was pretty satisfied. I agree as well that I think, you know, when you look at some districts, they could have been utilized more. Um, like the Voodoo Boys, I was curious about them. I believe that's in Pacifica. And I, I do think there could have, there was room for more side quests there. But for me, it, it kind of stems back to those choices in the story because there are options that they, I put in quotes, give you that they'll deny so you'll pass a skill check and they'll be like we can't do that and i'm like why the fuck is this here then it's just another yeah dialogue that choice you know you know that something had to have been cut there there's no Absolutely. way a normal game dev would look at that and say that's the that's we need to make them pass a, a check and then say whatever it is can't be done mm -hmm. there's that definitely something do you put a skill yeah. check because it's to get somewhere or avoid something because right. it would waste your time otherwise it's quite literally yeah. just work that for no stupid. return yeah. yeah that is just stupid design which you know it's possible i don't want to act like they're not capable of doing that or incapable whichever um but yeah i, I think pacing wise i really didn't have a problem with it i got to the point of no return really quick in my review process and i paid pretty close attention i put 40 hours in when i when i posted my uh my impressions of the game you know i really i i was anticipating this game and i went pretty hard and i played a lot of it and um i felt i felt pretty technically i on a technical level i should say i did not feel super satisfied and on an interactivity level i did not feel satisfied but gameplay and exploring the world i enjoyed it um but there was there definitely was room for more but i also took a i think a stronger look sorry to make this too long here but i took a very strong look at its competition right so i looked at i say this all the time but i looked at fallout 4 i looked at the outer worlds i looked at vampire um and not really Wasteland 3 or Divinity, which are more isometric style games, but I looked at these action-driven open RPGs and what they did gameplay-wise and how responsive were they. And that's where I started to really feel more solidified. I was like, you know, Cyberpunk is like a really, I really like this game. I think when you stack it against what's in its group right now, it does a lot of things quite well. Um, I think it's just, it, it was hor horrendously buggy and that really hurt I think any redeeming qualities and as it should, by the way, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter at the end of the day, if they've made something good, if you can't really see it, if you can't access it, cause the game was so broken. Um, and it's a tragedy cause this could have been like one of the, you know, we could have all lived through like a milestone release in the terms of something being very positive and exciting, but it, it was actually kind of like the opposite. It was, it was anything that could have gone wrong, removed from the store. It's broken. It's buggy. They lost a billion dollars. Like anything that went wrong did go wrong. So, yeah, man, I um, 
I, I totally get the criticisms for this game. I, I did enjoy it more than others, though, and I, I acknowledge that for sure. Um, Days Gone is that way a little bit, where the PC... Again, I didn't do the PS5 60 FPS as long as I you know could have, but I wasn't super into the game. But uh, the PC version with less bugs, even though the micro stutter thing is there and there's some other issues, but like my PS4 version of that game is so bad that playing it on the PC and sort of, you know, yeah, you, I mean, I keep, keep telling people it's like a combo in a fighting game. If you keep getting interrupted, it'll, it just won't ever work. And that's the way bugs are. If the yeah. bug is just constantly interacting with you, then you're just, you'll never, cause I've had people be like, well, I forced my way through it. And I sort of like that. I'm like, dude, that's not in at some point, where are we? If, the, if that's what, you know, if that's what we're talking about and days yeah. gone was definitely like that. I could definitely see, if somebody didn't have a bunch of bugs in Cyberpunk, I don't know what that experience would have even been like because I had so many. But, you know. That's why the conversation they, for that game and Days didn't. Gone are going to be so interesting going forward because Days Gone, you and I, when I only played it on the PS4 version, and I played it a couple patches in as well just to see how things were looking. And, like, a lot of people love it, but we played a pretty broken version of the game when we were reviewing it. Um, but now people are experiencing it and it being, and they like it a lot more cause it's, it's not buggy. Um, and so that's and it's selling well on steam. So yeah, I'm not surprised. And, and same thing with cyberpunk is when it gets its kind of next gen updates and it's patches and it's fixes, I'm going to be very interested to see what the conversation looks like for that game. Um, because I think there's a realistic possibility that because so many bugs are out of the way, it's going to be that sort of, this should have never happened in the first place. That aside, Here's what we like about the game. And I, I think there's a, a realistic possibility of that. Not that all of it's perfect, but I hope that they do. They seem to have hinted at it, but I hope they expand Night City first before they do like other worlds. I said this about Fallout 4. Fallout 4 was like very much like it was it's it's fuel was procedurally generated content uh, and, and, and radiant quests. And it was just not fun. Like it wasn't fun, and I always said that I would love to do for them to do a, a DLC, just like ten, fifteen bucks, called Commonwealth Expanded. They just add a bunch of new missions in there. They add uh, a bunch of like little side things you can do, personality to world, like fill it out even more. And they didn't really do that. They added settlement stuff, and so I'm hoping with Cyberpunk with that leaked DLC list of like, you know, they were. It seemed like there was car customization, uh, uh, character customization options. I'm really, and this is all under like the free DLC. I'm really hoping that they fill out Night Night City more, and then maybe with the launch of the next gen stuff, they start to look into the future. I think it's really important they nail their their home base first. That's all I've got, though, Carrick. It's been a wonderful episode once again. Anything you want to close us out with? Silence, maybe. What do we close? Sorry. What do we close? Defining Duke was uh, was dating something advice. advice. Dating advice. What was it? Dating advice oh, was it? or DD advice. He had people, by the way, get there. Did you yeah. see that? We've already seen yeah. a lot. I thought a I lot saw of people, you. Yeah, uh, I thought I saw you. A lot of people were like, they, they, I saw a comment saying, and it's pretty accurate. Oh, by the first 10 minutes of this episode, I can tell it's going to be it's yeah. going to be a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a little off. Yeah. No, it was a hilarious episode because I was like, let me see. Because, you know, it's different when you're sitting here talking versus when you listen back. So I, while I was actually preparing our show here. I was like, let me listen to Carrick and I just riff for a little bit. And as I was going along, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I totally get it. when we started talking oh, yeah. about shit. Yeah, the first 10 minutes, I was like, yeah, this is 
was a good episode. So go listen to it if you haven't. Let's see. This was a slow ass week. It was. What do we even have? We've got Ubisoft. Hashtag. We've got what was your last slow ass week? Yeah. Works. Yeah, it does. Because we had Hashtag Ubisoft, slow we had ass week. Field rumors, and that was really it, man. Like it was a slow ass week. Um there you go. So yeah. If you got this deep, tweet us, leave a comment. Let us know with the hashtag slow ass week. We'd love to see you interact with you and all that stuff. <sighs> but that's it for episode 304. And we will catch you all next week with 305. We're like I said, I, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of this episode, the beginning of last episode as well. We will figure something out for next week's episode because I know I will be unavailable Friday. Whether that ends up being solo show or something like that. I don't want to put it all on Dustin and Carrick. You know, I don't think it's fair. Um, we'll we'll figure something out. Even if we record a different day, um, we will try to figure something out on, on what that could look like. So just a heads up and a warning to the audience. And with that, we leave you and we will talk with you very soon. Peace out. Peace out.